Hello, and welcome to the Fanboy Modeling School. I am your host, The Fat Mantis. I'm here with my buddy... Steve... A.K.A. Steven, A.K.A. the curmudgeon of the group. <laughs> the curmudgeon. Hello, hello today. Oh, welcome to debate night. Yeah, um... Yeah, wait, 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 hold on for um, a second. We're not going to gloss over the fact that you just call me the Yiddish Grinch. <laughs> the Grinch. <laughs> Yo, when I was editing the last video, I was like, he's just putting the rain in my parade every time. <laughs> I am a, a somber good time, man. I'm like a <laughs> I'm like a You're a sobering good time, which is different. <laughs> I'm like that last condom that's been in your wallet for years. You just don't know if you can rely on it, but you're still gonna go with it. <laughs> yeah, condoms are for sailors. I don't I don't want that's because you believe in abstinence, and I agree with that stance. Good for you, Roy. Good for you. Yo, this podcast has already gone off the rails already. <laughs> like two seconds in. Oh, the viewers can't see me not like shake my head. I do not believe in abstinence. But that's a that's a time that's a story for a different podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about all sorts of uh, nerd topics, fun things, fun things we, re we really want to get into. But I was going to say, have you know, happy debate night. I see oh, out yes, there, Twitter's yes, a blast. Yes, yes. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. yeah, people have their candidates, man. And I understand this one. I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but I understand that it, it just turned out to be a fist fight in the back alley of a Chili's. <laughs> That's where the best fist fights happen. <laughs> it's like absolutely yeah. after you uh, get through that uh that fight. What is it? The twenty dollar meal thing they have there, like the the spread. You just right. go out where you box. sample everything. <laughs> yeah, like let's do it, you get one chicken finger or whatever. <laughs> Dude, you remember one uh, mozzarella stick? You remember when you guys came up to New Rochelle right before the, the literally the two nights before the wedding? We went to Chili's before you. Guys before we went to that dingy bar in New Rochelle, it was a bad time. I remember it very well. <laughs> it was a bad time, dude. Oh, I remember. I rem Oh, my God. I remember that so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I remember what it was. It's like it was not party night anywhere for any other humans in the world, and we were looking to party. Yeah. And we just go to these bars, and nothing was happening. Like, even the town drunks weren't there. And, we're like, like, and the one that was in Chili's was like, oh, you guys are being completely unreasonable. <laughs> You would have thought that it was COVID nineteen time. At the that's it's, it's a good book. That's now that I think about it. It does it does strike a resemblance to COVID nowadays. That night we were walking around. How dead it was, yeah. It completely. It dead. was uh, weird, weird. It was totally weird. But wait, uh, before we get into the podcast, man, uh, you know, debate night. I, I caught maybe 10, 15 minutes of it uh, of the debate, and I realized one thing. Right, one thing did I realize. President Trump probably has the best gestures any man has ever had with their hands before. That man could have been a conductor. Better than me? <laughs> <laughs> More profound. <laughs> uh, apparently, he uh, there's some people, you know, the, the, the splits in. People are like, uh, Biden served him. He served Biden. So, you know, it depends on who you so, really pick in this fist fight. So, yo, okay. So, I, I am like, uh, I'm a... Uh... I'm an amateur fight commentator, okay. so uh, in, in situations like this, I tweet back and forth whoever got the good jab in. And for the beginning, I was going back and forth. There were definitely, you know, there was a part where like Biden fell asleep, <laughs> and I had to point that. Like, there's a point where I don't know if he fell asleep, but like while Trump is talking, he looks down and closes his eyes, and, <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, did homeboy fall asleep?" Like, it's just funny stuff. 
But eventually, it got into this weird part where, like, Trump was dissing himself. What do you and, mean? And, like, my tweets, he would just say stupid things. And I was like, did Trump really just say that? And, like, you know, like, you had to call him on it. So it became overwhelmingly anti-Trump, my, my tweets. And I didn't mean it to be that. Yeah, as you know, I'm a moderate. You know, I don't. <laughs> you don't do anything in moderation, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> I do I do my political mod- moderation <laughs> in moderation. Do you, do- you know, basically, at, the, at this point, I believe that the political parties have all both gone insane, and they're yeah. going to be the thing that creates an epic apocalyptic civil war that will be the end of days. So here- You've heard it here first, people. So here's, uh, you know, I, I don't believe in the aliens because I don't think any intelligent life form would come here, survey the land, and go, this is worth it. Right? Like, I think any alien would look at it and like, well, they're just looking looking for an, uh, an existential threat, right? So if we're that threat, they're going to all unite and turn on us. What troubles me most about the debates in both political parties is they can't look at the data, right? You know, they can't look at the data and, make, it, and make the obvious answer, right? It just like I, I think a lot of people miss the obvious answer. So I am a Christian who believes in global warming, right? That doesn't go against my my belief systems. It all falls in line with me believing that God gave us this earth. And through good stewardship, we should not worship the gift, but give praise to the gift giver. How simple is that to say? You couldn't get either side of those, either side of the political spectrum to agree on that. But and, and that's when I tuned out. You know, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's like talking to a crackhead. You know, you get taken it. It's funny for a little bit. And then after a while, you're just like... Eh. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, I can't do it. <laughs> and you know, I think you're like me. You don't want to use the word moderate because it sounds like a pansy word. Let's yeah, face it. Sounds weird. You know, like only a pansy <laughs> is a, it's a mod- moderate on anything. Right? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, um, I think anyone who literally can look down all the lines of of their political party and check every box that they believe in the things that they're spinning is either a liar or a psychopath. Yeah, like like straight up. There's no way that I could look down at everything and be like, I believe in absolutely everything, and that no matter what this candidate I'm backing, I'm gonna believe and and trust. It's ridiculous. No, I'm one hundred percent. I can't think that I agree with anything that everyone says all the time, right? You and you, know, you have no, to be no, able no, to be. No. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to be able to form an honest opinion based on what's in front of you. And be able to go, I think the Republican Party has gone astray here. I think the Democratic Party has gone astray here. This is the middle. Not that like the middle, the lukewarm middle. But this is obviously the best way to work this situation. And they're not going to do it. And you're right. They're going to lead us into the apocalyptic war. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Iban Sanur himself rose from the ashes of this uh, apocalypse. That's his real name. And rose from the ashes himself and brought the four horsemen and brought hell on earth right now. It would not surprise me. In fact, I welcome it a little bit. We need a real supervillain to unite us. Like a real supervillain. Where did this podcast go? <laughs> we don't need Mysterio, right? See, this yeah. is what I was talking about with yeah. the D-list villains. Yeah, like, wait, hold on. <laughs> backtrack super quick. Um, other than your jab about Mysterio. I- I'm saying, like, uh, since my rebirth in, like, my 20s when I started going back to church, I've gone to, like, three major churches in my life, right? And like, each one has multiple pastors. I think this is the first church I'm going to in New York State. Uh, cause with only one pastor, but I will honestly say there isn't a single pastor that I agreed with every single th- thing they s- have said in their sermon. 
Absolutely. And somewhere there's always a point where I'm like, uh, you lost me. And then I feel that only like a true like follower listens to everything. What it is is you should absorb everything that people have to say, but you don't have to t- you don't have to absolutely live it. Right, right. You know, you need to make your own assessment. So th- I mean, the thing is with uh, with Judeo Christianity, right? Whether you're uh, you know, Orthodox, uh, Jewish, Muslim, or Christian. I'm going to leave Buddhism out of this for a second because there's a you have to really understand Buddhism before I could say it, and I don't want people to be offended. But there's generally with those uh, with the, the big three as people refer to them as, there's a text that you follow, right? And that text is the only text that you follow. You measure outside sources by the text. You don't measure the text by the outside sources, right? And I think right. I, that's where I'm in agreement with you, where it's like I've never agreed with everything a pastor has said. But I've been willing to honor his station, right? And not come up to the mic and be like, this man's an idiot. <laughs> flee, flee for your lives. I, do, I can't say I feel the same way about our political uh, pundits. I, I can't say that I feel the same way. Like, I like Ben Shapiro, right? I would love to sit down, have something to eat with Ben Shapiro, just to tell him that I disagree with about a hard 75% of the things he says. And I think he uses a lot of ad homina on top of facts to make his argument more persuasive. But I still like the guy, right? Yeah. I can't yeah. I could not, <laughs> I could not imagine myself doing that with Trump. Right? I, I couldn't. Like there would there would be a point when, in the argument where I'd be like, I know you're gonna bleep this out so I could say it. I, I would literally look over and like, Are you fucking with me? Like, <laughs> like are you fucking with me right now? <laughs> at any uh, rate, at uh, any rate, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yo, <laughs> I, I'm saying to be honest, I uh <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm the one. I'm the person in my house who's constantly called. They're like, "You're a Trump, Trump supporter. You're a devil, or whatever." That's my mom. Or because I'm the first to give him. I'm the devil's advocate. For yeah, yeah. And it's not. Absolutely. She thinks I like to debate, and it's not that. But I will call a spade a spade. And there are times when the media is totally Wrong. ridiculously cruel yes. to him. Yeah. And then there's times they're, they're right, where I'm like, "You're right." He is an asshole, <laughs> but but there are there are times where they, he you know he'll he'll like take a piss and they'll somehow be like. He, ha- you know, he hates children or something. <laughs> and I, like, I have to be like, well, he didn't say that. Or, you know, I have to like. <laughs> You're talking yeah. about, I call it the Rachel Maddow effect. She's like, this is what he really means. Like, here's the crazy thing about it, right? You have to be able to measure these things. And we'll get to the fun stuff in a second here, folks. But we're having a good conversation right now. Uh, when I hear someone refer to Trump as evil, I ask them what their definition of evil is. I'm like, so if Trump is evil, then what does idiot mean? Right. Like here is a true representation of the word evil. This is a man that was deplorable, not just in his marriages, but in every sense of the word. Right. He had one of his one of his wives completely eviscerated, chopped up in front of her children to see. This is a man who had no problem dragging families out into the street and executed. I reserve the word evil for those type of people because they are they, they are truly and willful evil. Trump is what you call a useful moron. <laughs> he is a tool of of. Uh, well, we're not we're not gonna go there. If you're a conspiracy theorist, you probably knew where I was going with this. He he is a tool for these people. I think that at some points that he is really really trying to do the right thing, but he doesn't know how to accomplish it without being himself. So that's a he's well, his, I, he's I, his yeah. biggest enemy. And so the whole thing is, I wouldn't even argue that he's trying to do do the right thing. I think he's completely self serving. However, right, I don't know any president that isn't self serving. And so he's trying to make him and his friends uh, rich. And I would I would argue with anyone if anyone wants to debate down in the comments. 
I, bring it on. But like, you're trying to tell me Obama didn't try to make him and his friends rich? I promise you they did. I promise you he was richer after his, being in Absolutely. office than he Absolutely. was before walking into it. Yeah, you know, the, so I. The thing about Obama is, if you're not going to be realistic about who he was as an idealist and who he became as a realist. Then you're you're doing yourself no credit, right? <laughs> you 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 absolutely you missed the point of the whole thing. But fuck all that shit, Roy. Fuck all these people. They're not they're not coming to my funeral. They're not coming to your funeral. <laughs> Let's talk about some comic book shit. How's your week been, bro? It's been dope. Really? <laughs> that was a great pause. I thought the dope. camera glitched. <laughs> <laughs> I had to really think about it. I had to really think about it. So basically, you know, and uh, you guys uh, out out there in the listening world, you should definitely tune in next week because we're going to be doing a, ho- a very spooky Halloween episode. But I don't know if any of you know, I'm super into. Are you so born again that you you don't like Halloween or something? <laughs> no, I, I'm such a coward that I I <laughs> Halloween still oh. terrifies me. Yo. I'm super into Halloween. Not only that, I watch a different horror movie every night. I'm living. I'm living this. Do you really? Oh, this of the month of October, I do. So here's I, a... I want. Yeah, I watch a lot of horror. It's been a lot of guts and gore. For... Oh, no, that, that type of stuff is fine. I can't watch He Who Shall Not Be Named, and you will not say his name while I'm on air, which you starts with a C, ends with an N. Like I, I, I won't watch those type of subliminal horror films. Can't watch The Grudge. Can't watch The Ring. I'm talking about the originals, right? I, I, I can't, I can't watch any of that stuff. I was watching Hellstrom the other day, <laughs> just down here by myself, and like I look at the dog and I kind of look around the room, like, all right, well that's enough of that. <laughs> Turned the TV off, got up, and walked away. I get spooked out very easily in my uh, my ripe age of uh, 29. So, yo, I have not checked out Hellstrom yet. Okay. But I have, like, issues with it. Already? Because, you know, it's an adaptation of a, a comic yeah. book. Yeah, 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 a Marvel comic, yeah. The Son of Satan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so I was like, oh, cool, a comic book, a devilish comic book. And I, I looked at what they produced on TV, and I was like, this is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with oh. a little bit of spook in it. <laughs> F that. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's crazy. This is my issue with uh, – This is are you, you're saying it's good. No, I, I, I made it through 15 minutes, and I was like, all right, I got to turn this off. <laughs> Yo, it, this is my issue I also have with um, I, ha- I have with Umbrella Academy. Hmm. So I don't know if you're an Umbrella Academy man. Everyone seems to be telling me they're like, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. Yo, I I went back to Virginia, like before COVID, and I visited my old, you know, my old kung fu place and, and my my kung fu master. He's like, him and his daughters watch Umbrella Academy. He's like, Roy, you're into comics, you should watch Umbrella Academy. I'm like, I have, I don't like it. No, but you should really give it a chance. And I'm like, I've already seen it. Thank you. And I became hostile. And, and, and so here. here Here's what why it is. I would, you know, that I would treat a man I love and respect like that. Um, it comes down to this: in the comic books, they are, um, uh, you know, unapologetic superheroes. And I'll tell you to the point in which they are. The motto of the Umbrella Academy in the comics is "Live fast, love hard, and die with your mask on." That is how unapologetic they are. They're always in costume and they're always kicking butt and they're vigilantes. And in the show, they are not that at all. People don't – I ask people, I'm like, well, did you ever see the Kraken jump in water? And they're like, the Kraken? Who's the Kraken? And they're not even going by their code name. <laughs> I'm and I'm st- like 
I'm still trying to recover from the fact that the guy from My Chemical Romance wrote that. I found that he's um, actually really good. He's real good, actually. He's a real good writer. Is he really? So I, I I'm all about um, uh, Umbrella Academy, but he's also wrote Doom Patrol for a while. Oh. Um, he's actually he's actually a really good good writer. And don't get me wrong, when you read Umbrella Academy, it is like a My Chemical Romance song. But then again, I'm a, I'm a, ba- a fan of the, fan of the band, so I like the band. Sense. So, dude, but I, yo, there's a there's a lot of emo stuff and unrequited love and a lot of morbid stuff in it. I love it, dude. They got the chick from Juno. It's like I haven't watched season two yet. I haven't finished season one. I started making my way through season one, and it wasn't. I didn't stop because it sucked or anything, or I wasn't enjoying it. it it's just I don't have a lot of time for this stuff. So like it's I got to get it done. And if I get to episode eight and I start drifting, I'm not coming back. Right? You got to lock me in. Yo, yo. <laughs> you got to lock my me favorite, in. Yo, my favorite is Iron Fist. So basically, you know all these Marvel Marvel Oof. stands. Oof. Like I hate I hated I hated like the first couple of episodes of Iron Fist, and I did like uh, before my YouTube days on Facebook. I gave like a very you gave a uh, scathing derogatory, review. Yeah, you said he did, you literally uh, said on that video. He's like he did a friggin' kung fu jump like a kung fu jump. <laughs> I remember that. I, remember I, called, I, I, I called it cracker kung fu on there. Yeah. I, remember, I wrote a slap in their ass off. Um, so I did that. I did that whole. I wasn't into it, and like my sister, like is like you gotta keep watching, keep watching. So watch the whole season, and it still sucks. And she's like, yeah, it does suck, but it's getting better. And I'm like, what? So season two comes. I'm like, I'm not messing with season. Two. She's like, you gotta try it. You gotta try it. You gotta try it. So I give it a shot, and it sucks again. And I'm saying, when it gets canceled, my sister's like, "Oh, it was just getting good." <laughs> it should take more, less than two seasons before a show gets good. <laughs> Dude, that's the, so. Now you're now you're onto something. This is the problem with video games as well. This is something uh, that you hear me and my other co-host Zach argue about with video games a lot. The game should be good. And ready to go out the box. It shouldn't be like day one patch. Like, oh, hey, you bought, especially if you're buying a physical copy. doesn't make any sense. It's like, so you're telling me I bought an unfinished product? Is that what you're pitching? But people can defend it any way they want to. Same thing with TV shows, right? I know it takes some shows a little while, the plot development to kind of get you where you're going to develop. But it shouldn't be like, hey, this was really bad, the first six episodes. But the last episode... Really got me going. Like, I'm not sticking around for that, man. I'm not, dude. It's amazing that I made it through Ages of Sealed. And if it wasn't for Santana, I would have never came back to it. Like I literally at one point got frustrated and was like, "This is complete campy bullshit, complete campy nonsense." And I, I stopped watching it. I'm like, I'm not. I'm done. Like I'm done with the show. I'm done with Colson. I'm done with their version of Shield. I can't do it. I go like a whole year without watching it. And Santana's like, you should really watch the last season. I'm like, what if I watch this season? I got to go back and watch the two that I missed. Went back and watched it. Was not disappointed. Only time that's happened. Umbrella Academy will probably not get my uh, my revote. I'll just read the book. Yeah, no. yeah, you, know, you should read the book. I recommend anyone who's into comics who, who, who can tolerate comics and it's like their thing. Because, you know, comics aren't for everybody. But, yes, you should definitely check it out. It, it is a good time. What do you mean comics aren't for everyone? What type of communist, god-hating monster dislikes comic books? Um, I mean, I don't know. I love comic books, but I understand. <laughs> like, there are certain people I would not recommend a comic book. Okay. Like, you, you, you can't tell me, like, Watchmen's accessible to everybody. 
I think it is if people get over themselves well, a little bit. No, but you have to be realistic about the goals that you want for people. And you have to realize that, like, when you know somebody, you're like, this dude is never getting over him. So I'm not recommending him a comic. <laughs> you know, like, there are people who can't deal with Batman. And, like, they're like, how can one person have so many skills? How does a grappling hook work? This is silly. You know what I mean? They, they can't get out of it. And I'm like, I'm not going to recommend if those are your only problems with Batman, then you're a moron. What you should really be asking yourself, of all the people to sit in the Morbius chair, Batman? Like, and he took it back to Gotham with him? And he, oh, oh, right, right. <laughs> like, and then he just basically like asked the only question, I guess, which makes sense. I, that, here's what I love about Batman. He's terribly consistent. He's everything I want in a political candidate. right? Batman's like, these are my standards. I don't go below him. I don't go above right. him. These are my standards, and I stick to them. This is how I measure the world. He gets yeah, the, no. Uh, he gets the more I mean, you hate. Huh? No, I know you hate him because he's he has no powers, but somehow always beats everybody. No, no, no. I don't hate him for that. See, once again, you're misrepresenting me, just like you used to do in our childhood. This is what I dislike about Batman, right? Even Batman will admit when he can't beat someone. May I reference as a, <laughs> Exhibit A? He once said in a crossover comic book referencing Captain America, he was like, I could not take him in a hand on a hand to hand fight. He was like, I can't do it. He's quite possibly the one man who could beat me within, you know, within an inch of my life. I like that about Batman. What I don't like about you and Batman is that you guys, <laughs> give, <laughs> you guys, I remember a huge debate we got into when we were kids. And I was like, Galactus surely could beat Batman. And you're like, oh, I don't know, Steve. Does Batman have enough prep time? And I'm like, <laughs> oh <my. laughs> you have to admit, if given a half an hour of prep time, he could beat Galactus. Well, I mean, anyone can beat Galactus now. That's <laughs> that's a given. You, there are two standards you have to have in Marvel now to be a badass. You got to kill Wolverine or beat him within an inch of his life, and you got to be able to kill Galactus, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Those are the only standards, man. man yeah, we- and, and yeah, that's the that's the recycling of of the, uh, the Marvel DC way that they're like one person kills kills Galactus, and they're like, oh, we're, we're, they're really cool, and then they keep recycling that, and they get they credit that to different characters, and then after a while, it's not special. It was like what I was saying about like um, Apocalypse's yeah. uh, coveted spot of death. Who yeah. is his death? And originally it was like only Angel, and then after that Wolverine, and then Gambit, and then Rogue, and then Storm, and then everyone and their goddamn mother has been death. Yeah. It's not special anymore. Right? So no. like or like the Phoenix Force. They're doing it with the Phoenix Force now. Yeah. So there was like originally it was just a Jean Grey thing. It was like Jean Grey or people related to her who had the super the super psionic abilities, like the godlike psionic abilities, who could tame the Phoenix Force. She couldn't even tame it, she would lose her mind. And then in Avengers, eventually they open the door where, like, in Avengers v. X-Men, the, um, you know, there's the Phoenix Five. You remember this whole yeah, situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where five X-Men get it. So it's like Emma Frost and Cyclops and Submariner, Colossus Magic. They, they all, they have, the, and it's, you know, it's spread up apart, apart from them. Now, Wolverine has it. I think a couple of people have had it since. That's just being passed around like an STD, man. <laughs> like, Wait, it was it was like old man Logan, and he met up with King God Thor or whatever, and he actually gave uh, King God Thor the Phoenix Force. There are some things going on in comics right now that, like, if I could just sit in on one board meeting, I'm like, I would tell them what they need to hear. I'm like, that shit you're pitching right now, Dark Metal Knights meets Doctor Manhattan. 
that's nonsense. Don't <laughs> don't do it. Don't and yo, do I love it. Scott Snyder. Don't don't get me wrong, but like the you know the uh, um the dark metal stuff, dark Knight's metal started out fine when it was just like a a, a limited series or whatever. But yeah. now they keep going with it, and they have tales on it and going on it. And it's just getting exponentially nuttier. Yeah, one hundred one hundred percent is like the fact that you got to like, go ahead. I'm outing myself right now. I'm absolutely outing myself that I'm kind of like a superhero comic book hater. I'm like into the classics and relatively modern classics. Like you said, I, like I said, I've written, I, I've read uh, AVX, you know, so that wasn't that long ago. But I'm saying nowadays I read a lot of image. I read a lot of independent stuff. Um, superheroes, I have more fun with Valiant than I ever do with Marvel. Because yeah. their their universe isn't so giant and bloated that it gets absurd. You know, it's it's funny, man, because you do have. Uh, I would really love for you to to do an arc for Marvel, and I mean that sincerely. Like, there are people in my mind. I'm like, what the what would the arc be like if these writers I enjoy did it? But take someone like Jonathan Hickman, right? So you get someone in. He comes in. He's like, all right, all right. I'm gonna fix the continuity issue. I'm gonna bring everything in line. I'm gonna give people depth again in characters that they don't care about. Like his his run on uh, New Avengers, amazing. Everything leading up to Time Runs Out. We're doing real inside baseball talk here, but time runs out leading into Secret Wars. I didn't read that epic when it happened, right? I read it years later. I just finished it maybe last year or something like that. Read the entire thing. And just to see how he took characters like Black Panther, Captain America, the Cabal, and he's like, I'm going to take all of these things that you've screwed up, and I'm going to make it cohesive again. And I'm going to even bring these characters in line with their more traditional mythos. Was absolutely amazing. Same thing with yeah. Doomsday Clock. Absolutely amazing. It, it the delay, like you said last episode, the delays damn near killed the book. But they bring yeah. everything in line. You start realizing, like, wow, this is why the Watchmen universe, even though they don't have any metahumans other than Doctor Manhattan, like Ozymandias is a formidable foe, right? He's a, you you see that in Doomsday Clock because you always wonder how a guy like him and Batman would stack up. And you find out that he's like, Batman, I have weighed you, and I have found you wanting. (laughs) He's like, he really puts that character in perspective. And then Dr. Manhattan has this great moment with Superman, ties everything in together. You look at all the continuity issues. He addresses all those things from, from crisis to all this, fixes it. Writer fixes the whole thing. They hand, both he and Jonathan Hickman hand Marvel and DC back their universes like, here you go. All you have to do is follow the path laid out to you. And they respond in the most poetic way. <laughs> We're going to do what we want. And that's my problem with comics nowadays, yo, man. Yo, so here's 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 my... I, I am agreeing with you, but also not agreeing with you. Absolutely. So here's what it is. It's not actually... Here's what it is. Back in the day, it was they do what they want. And that's kind of what was the genius of comic books. What it was is that I would write... A, it's like that game where you write a story... And then you hand it off to, to the next person, and they're like, oh, whatever. And they just go on a tangent. Keep passing it along. That's cool. Right. But the problem with, with comics nowadays is they're not doing what they want. They're doing what they think people want and to get a buck. So they're like, how, how, like you saw what they did with the New Warriors a couple months back? Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, and that was like, <laughs> that was like an – and literally it was uh, an executive somewhere saying – we got to cash in on these SJW, these young people. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this, man. Let's do this. And like, you know, they're, they're like safe space. That's a word. Maybe that should be like someone's code name. <laughs> and like, 
it's not an artist just writing what he wants. If, if, if you just gave it to a random artist to write, I, I bet you it would be a better result. I agree. I agree. But then again, I disagree on this premise. I want to say that that was an exec doing that. But for some reason, I think it was some blue-haired fellow who was just like, He's like, yeah, it's just like safe space, man. Safe space. I agree that the execs get involved too much, but let's say, for instance, like, so you know, Kevin Feige's the head director of everything now, right? He oversees everything. So this would only work poorly if Kevin Feige really thought that in the realm and the scope of comic books that he had something to say. He's an enthusiast at best by his own admission. He enjoys the source material. He is not a comic book writer. Which I think only comic book writers should be editors. Bottom line. I, there's no, for me personally, there's no negotiating that. I don't care if you're classically trained in literature. If you're not steeped in the mythos of comics, you should not step into the editorial chair because you're not going to know how to keep everything cohesive. I know Kevin Feige does a good job of keeping the MCU in line, but let's face it, it doesn't take much. You just got to make sure one guy doesn't go way off and make a movie called Thor. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what you what, what and what you're saying is what the problem is. If you look at the editors currently at Marvel, particularly yeah. like their higher ups, they do not have a history of, of editing or writing comic books. They're like, I used to do Vogue magazine, <laughs> and then, and I did Maxim for a while, and now I'm at Marvel. I love that you threw Maximum there. I just got an image of a guy spraying himself in the room. It's like, well, I'm saying the I'm pointing out the pretentiousness of their of their of their resume. Well, I mean, here's the and thing. So, here's the thing. You want to a lot of people want to cash in on the SJW thing or its social justice topics. But they don't even understand the topics. Like, right. So, like, why would you create a character like Safe Space? Do you understand what that term means? Do you know? <laughs> like, I think if you knew what it meant, you wouldn't come to that conclusion. Yeah, no, no, no. It's 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 totally nuts, man. And so back in the day, if you know, and like Joe Q, Joe Q was yeah. the last true rock and roll editor. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so basically, and like you know, people a lot of people like Bendis, they have like these origins to their comic books. Like how they became comic writers, which are not traditionally the way it is now. And for instance, Brian Bendis was at a at a convention, and this was before Comic Con was like massive, you know, massive international. He was there, and he was it was hanging out, and the guy who was was doing the Marvel booth looked at him and said, "Yo, man, are you Jewish?" And he said, "Yeah, I am." He's like, "Good." I know you, I, I can trust you. I have to run to the bathroom. Will you watch this booth for me? And he's like, sure. So he sits there and he, the, guy, the guy runs off. Later on, the guy comes back and he's like, hey, kid, hang out. Why don't you hang out? And like he started talking. He's like, yeah, I'm really into comics. And he became, he became, a, he created a relationship with Marvel. Wow. Now, later on, later on, he, this was before he was at college and he would go to college and he would maintain friends with, with people in Marvel and they would hire him. When Dude, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. And but and that's what it is. Like a lot of these guys, they they and editors were writers or or, or like artists before they were editors at at that place. People would stay at Marvel for like thirty years. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, would, it was like a home, and there was like this. It was this family energy. And like I said, Joe Q used to be a rock star dude. He was the rock star editor, so he would have these crazy parties. He would bring strippers to their hot, like their Christmas parties and stuff like that. Like, all this stuff like that. It's like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> and so now, what it is is like. Uh, because of like these, you know, these alpha personality uh, millennials, um, they're all the editors there. They're all like, I have a master's 
blah blah and they're like really work focused and like all this but it's a comic company so you know I mean, you need characters you need zany people to, to you know what i'm saying like no 100 uh, i don't know i don't know if you remember the the first apartment i lived in in queens with all the uh comic book illustrators it was you know it was obviously clarence chris debari caesar uh andy uh, yo best best fourth of july parties yes because we could walk to the bridge yes and it was a perfect sight to see the explosions yeah absolutely um the one thing i learned about like it's just you know with the subculture that produces something like the comic book industry it's hard to keep it going that way because people let me let me choose my words cat so you remember the issue where Green Lantern, uh, Green Lantern and Green Arrow run off, and uh, Green Arrow is basically explaining to Green Lantern how he's actually a racist, or at the yes. very least, he's someone that doesn't understand the world <laughs> as it's going on. You can make that type of comic then because it was provocative, right? It was a shock to people, and it's like, oh man, maybe I don't consider the things that are going on with me. You know, maybe I should be more aware, or dare I say, woke. To the things going on before that stupid term was uh, coined. But now it's not, you're not raising awareness doing heavy handed social justice pitches in comic books, right? So uh, this is the thing that infuriates me. And I know we're on this uh, on the same page uh, with a lot of this stuff. So when I hear people say, like, we need more representation in comics, right? We need more Latin, more black, more Asian characters. I always point them to the actual Latin and black and Asian characters that already pre-exist in comics. And I'm like, well, have you read any of this stuff? And it's like, no, 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 no. Those guys were all written or drawn by white people. I'm like, all right, all right I'll give you that one. Have you actually read any comic books illustrated and written and produced by blacks, Latins, or Asian people before? Because there's a whole that, you know, you'll find their booths outside in the darkest parts of Comic-Con, but they're there. Right, you know they're trying to represent themselves and sh- and sell their wares. Why don't you go f with them? Like yeah, <laughs> yo, you know you you know you know the uh, you know the undesirable part of Comic Con. Yeah, I've so, heard. Like of there's it. the mainstream there's the mainstream part and there's a part I think it's called like the alley or the street or yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's like local vendors are and you'll go there and they're just local vendors like someone blowing glass or a head shop or something like that and then you'll see an independent comic book guy who's like hoping someone comes to his booth. It's those are and you know most of them are like they're black and Latin. Absolutely, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you go there and you're like you're like this isn't where comic books are supposed to be and they're like they wouldn't let me play with the other guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and it was a, it was a crazy thing right so i I, you know i don't know about white guilt but i do have black guilt i i'm that guy i'll buy a mixtape from you on the street i'm like just take my money please just take my money i feel so bad (laughs) i'm never falling for that again by the way oh there are times like i i've i it's not like they didn't give me an actual tape they gave me a tape i just regret paying for (laughs) or you get a blank cd like here's the thing i see a black comic book artist i'm gonna buy from them i see a latin comic book artist i'm gonna buy asian arabic whatever i'm gonna i'm gonna support there's only one ass that i have be talented because if i don't decide to buy the next issue that's not because you're black jewish asian or latino or whatever (laughs) it's because the book sucked and that has nothing to do with your race and all to do with your ability to create. That's all I ask, dude. But I'll, I'll, I'll support for sure. So an example is, um, so I I stopped, like I stopped, you know, when I go to uh, conventions, unless they're like classics or something like that, I'm usually not buying Marvel. 
Like I, I might buy it like when I go to Comic Con or whatever. And what it is, I will, it gives me an opportunity to find independent creators and check out their stuff. And I'm gonna admit, I buy always come home with stacks and stacks of comics and graphic novels. Now, uh, and every year there's come some of them that I just feel burned on. Really? I'm just like, I gave this horror writer a shot. <laughs> I will not do that again. <laughs> you know, some guy that you didn't know. Like the other day, yeah. I remember one. I'd sit in my room. I couldn't get past the first story. It was this UK guy. I remember all his covers were black and white and had blood on it. All the red blood was red. And he had to pitch, man. He had to pitch. He had. He seemed like he had gusto. He had all these things. His comics are just straight up boring. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not giving it. But, yo, I'll do it again. Next time Comic-Con happens, I'm going to be buying creator stuff just because I want to see what's out there. No, I mean, it's, it's the only way to stay fresh. I mean, that's how I am with house music and hip-hop. Like, I'll support local talent. You know, I, I want to know what's what's going on. But you got to be talented, right? Like, you know, it's like, you know, there's a reason Blade 3 sucked. It wasn't because Wesley Snipes was black. Right? <laughs> like, it was because it was a bad, it's a bad Well, we movie. live in an interesting age. We live in an interesting age when, like, um, gatekeeping is done. Right. Gatekeeping is almost done. So basically, it used to be back in the day that like there were only two companies you could publish comics in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if yeah, you yeah. didn't have an ex- if they if you weren't playing their game, um, they you you would never. You're be not seen getting in. The yeah. Day. But but nowadays it's the age of the artist where all this new technology and all these things people are self-publishing, people are doing all these yeah. things. So we don't have these gatekeepers anymore. And in some cases it's amazing, but in other cases it's, it's like, bad. bro, you need a gatekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> you know so. No, Absolutely. I don't know if you're in the same group. I'm in a group on Facebook. I think you're in there. It's called Blurreds and uh, Blurred Enthusiasts or something like that. And this is basically, you know what a blurred is, black nerds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I belong to the uh, black, uh, a black science fiction one. Yes, I'm in that. I'm in that yeah. one too. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, the so I see a lot of stuff come through these groups, right? And I'm just like, man, that's a great concept. But the problem is when you don't have gatekeeping companies, someone to sit down and go, this is a great concept. Before we publish show, let's sit down and flesh some of this stuff out. Do editors, some, man. We need editors. We need and, editors. And, and, and do some world building. And then, you know, let's and then revisit. Because you, you can't trust you creative people, right? You need a guy like me to rein you in. Like, hold on for a second. Six issues. No, let's stretch this thing out to 36 issues. <laughs> oh, yo. You know what it is? And, and I, I, I'm an absolute huge believer. And it's funny. I'm a writer. Yo, a lot of people think like editors are the enemies of writers. They're not. No, no, not at all. And, and what it is is we need, we need to be reined in. And I think that that's the same thing with movies. When you see these guys who are like, you know, Martin Scorsese doing The Irishman. It's him jerking off for three hours, man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if you had, if there was someone who could, had the power to say no to him, that could be a normal, good two-hour movie. Yeah, yeah. But because no one can say no to him, we have to endear this nonsense. And it's the same. It's the same. You need an editor for writer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You need a. You need a. You know. You absolutely need a producer for music. Yeah. Because some of this independent music, you just hear, you're like, this song didn't need to be six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't hear need to hear the monologue of your friggin' uh <laughs> grocery list. Oh, in there. Right, right. It's 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 crazy, man, because as as we're talking about this, it kind of steers me to the one topic. I we probably I don't want to bury the lead, right? In the topics that we have tonight. Don't want to bury the lead. We gotta talk about the most obvious thing. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about social justice, we're talking about the good old boys club. We gotta talk about the tragic take on Chris Pratt. Right? And this is but, but let me let me let me make my case here, right? This is why I'm glad that we joined up to do this uh, this show. 
And before before you start, though, I will say the the reason I made that face is like not not against the topic. I love the topic. It just stresses me out. Like all the stuff oh. I've seen, like in social media, stress. It's like literally giving me night terrors or whatever. So here, anyway, continue. So here's my thing. I'm gonna try to make a legible argument in favor of Chris Pratt, but not to diminish anyone else's view. If you do somehow feel diminished or feel as if though you're being disrespected, it has very little to do with me because I'm not going to use any disrespectful terms in this argument. So this is the problem, right? So we have Chris Pratt. In the world, in the scheme of Christianity, Chris Pratt at best would be considered not a lukewarm Christian, but he would be considered more of a feel-good Christian, right? He's like, he's more of a, he's a guy that, isn't going to bring you to the harder parts of the scripture, right? He's going to wait a few years before he tackles that stuff with you. Chris Pratt is a guy who apparently loves his family. He loves life and he loves his craft. Yeah, he, he's a faith alone, dude. Faith, faith alone. Yeah, he's a faith. Uh, listen, now, wait, hey, well, hold on for a second. Now, we can get, that's for another podcast. If we're going to debate, <laughs> okay. if we're, if we're going to debate <laughs> uh, faith alone, uh, because you almost you, 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 you almost triggered me right there. I do <laughs> I almost I, I I do believe that it's faith alone, but faith in produces works because of your relationship with God. Okay. But here's the thing, right? So Chris Pratt is the type of guy. He goes to Hillsong Church. I, I he believes he goes to Hillsong LA. If you've never been to a Hillsong service before, I know it's easy to uh, disparage these people, and it's easy for me to kick them while I'm down to. They're very, very. They're those Christians. They're very touchy feely. They're very emotive. They tell people that they love them. They 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 want to pray with you constantly. They're that group of Christians. Uh, so yo, I I am personally that type of Christian, but my church is not. They're like they're they're like yo <laughs> yo get away from me. <laughs> Don't touch me. They yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's another thing about Chris Pratt. You would be hard pressed to find him say anything political, right? He's the type of guy, and I don't think it's because he doesn't have a political opinion. I think he's the type of guy who recognizes the position that he's in, right? You know, on top of being a believer, he makes movies that are contrary, or some people might console, you know, consider antithetical to his belief structure, but he still makes them, right? There are people who are, who've attacked him on that side, right? I don't but, believe that, though. You, you know, I mean, you run into the wrong group of people and you ask them about dinosaurs, they're definitely going to throw a Bible at you. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, like, you know, I would actually say that heroes, action heroes, um, taking the law into their own hands and, like, doing stuff like that or killing aliens or something is very biblical. And it's based <laughs> it's very Old Testament. Yeah, I listen. And so, you know what I'm saying? Because the flawed people of, you know, the flawed, the flawed believers of the Old Testament, they were killing their way to salvation. No, amen, brother. So here's the thing about Chris Pratt. You're never going to hear him say anything political. He's also never going to say anything that's going to hurt anyone's feelings. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. He's the type of guy who seems very measured in his approach and wants to convey love. And I think that's a sincere thing that's coming from him. The problem is, poor Chris, you're not in that type of world, right? You <laughs> You are surrounded. Not by, in America. It's really funny. You are surrounded by people who are looking for newer and bigger ways to be offended. And there are things in this world that can actually be offensive. I am not the guy to tell you that systematic racism doesn't exist. I can say that I have somewhere to stand in that argument because I believe in evil. And I believe that evil systems do rule this world. You want to get into a deeper debate about that? Hit me up on the side. Chris Pratt, on the other hand, is a type of guy who will definitely say, I will pray for you. 
right? And I know what that means when someone says it means I don't have the answer. I can't change your thoughts on this. I can't change your feelings and I'm not willing to debate you for whatever reasons. I love you. I'm going to pray for you. Not in 2020 America. So for all his nice guy, uh, I don't even want to disrespect him that way. For the type of guy that he is, man, after going through his divorce, finding love again in life, that's up for that's another topic up for debate and discussion. He has done nothing but try to lead with the good foot and the good word. He's you know when Kevin Smith was sick, Chris Pratt was one of the first celebrities to come out on Twitter and not say you know well wishes, positive thoughts. He's like, I am praying for you. Will you guys all pray for healing for Kevin Smith? A lot of people got offended by that. I mean, like a lot of people. There were people, instead of like praying for Kevin Smith, they were attacking Chris Pratt. The church he goes to, Hillsong, was caught up in some controversy because the lead pastor from Manhattan was on Oprah. And she basically pinned him, as Oprah usually does. She was like, you know, we need to talk about homosexuality, same-sex marriage. Where do you stand on this? And he said unequivocally what he said and what he believes and what he believes the Bible teaches and what the Bible teaches. And then, you know, so that translates to Chris Pratt, who has never said anything like that. And people are just they're, they're coming after him, dude. Like they're absolutely come like the amount of venom this guy gets on the Internet. Like one person actually called him a hate monger. And I wanted to retweet that and be like, this is clearly a person doesn't know what the word hate monger means right a hate monger is literally the westboro baptist church that is a member yeah. of the westboro baptist well church. Said, well said. <laughs> that's someone who's out there dropping f-bombs all bombs every bomb all day long this guy is never going to say anything controversial man he's not even defending himself he's yeah. literally he's literally telling people he's like i love you i'm sorry we're having this disagreement and yo, it's 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 totally insane because usually people get canceled for doing something like saying yeah. something like they say something insensitive or so. Like yo, the director of New Mutants, remember what he said about? Do you know about this controversy? No, no, what happened? Oh, he got destroyed. He got destroyed. So you know, you know, um, in New Mutants, uh, this is a quick sidebar. People, don't worry, we haven't gotten off Chris Pratt. Um, <laughs> so the director of New Mutants, he cast a light skin Spanish man instead of a dark skin. And one, in actually Sunspot's storyline, it's very important that he's dark skin because he's yeah. discriminated about it in his own country. Right. So when they ask, but he's also from, the whole thing is his father's like a, a millionaire, and you know, it's an important part of Roberto da Costa's storyline that his father's rich. So they asked him, they're like, why did you go with the lighter skin actor? And he said, well, I wanted him to be believably rich. I wanted people to believe that he was rich. <laughs> people, people are saying he's never going to work again, that dude. Because that saying that, and I'm not saying that's the only thing he said, but the fact that he felt he was totally comfortable in an interview to say that is totally insane. It would have been great if he said it. He's like, I want him to be believably rich. And also, <laughs> he just sucks. Well, I have another theory. I think the director, uh, I think the director was banging that dude or something. Like, he's the, the, the actor's very, very good looking and known for his like physique. And there's a lot of like the only he's the only character in New Mutants that's sexualized. Even Anna Taylor Joy, who played Magic, who is a sex pot and is a model in real life, is not sexualized in that movie. The only person who has like skin time or whatever is that dude, and I was like, "Well, uh, you know, the director's banging him." <laughs> I, I that that could very well be true, but uh, 
what's uh, Colossus' sister name? Ileana. Uh, magic, yeah, that magic. magic. That's Ileana. Yeah, uh, she, uh, you know, it's the whole sex trade thing. They probably couldn't touch that. <laughs> that's the only thing. No, they do. In, in New oh, Mutants, they, really? they talk about it. They oh. do, yeah. Oh, my god. They goodness. do. And so, what I'm saying, they get into it, but I'm like, she, I can't, she's sexualized less than him, definitely, by far. But, and, but anyway, that, that's not here than her. But going back to Pratt, I'm saying at least that director said something to get canceled. Right, 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 right. You know, right. he did said something stupid. They do something stupid. This dude did nothing. What happened was is that um, uh, I forget what it was, but some magazine on Twitter put up a poll: who is the best best yeah. Chris? Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, or uh, I don't remember the one. So, and then like people, instead of talking about who the best was, they started talking about who the worst was, and they're like. And, and you know, LBGT people were like, the worst one is is Pratt. He's a you know, he's a horrible. And somehow it snowballed for two days straight of trending that he was a scumbag and a low life and all this stuff. And so my argument is not that I'm gonna defend him or his carefree attitude or that he loves his wife or that he loves his kids or anything. My argument is it is not nobody's fucking business what you are about in your in your personal life and i understand that when you're a celebrity you're living a public life right but like you have to explain everything like let's say you buy water um and that water is from a country that is run by a dictator or something you now have to explain it let's say you go to the movie mulan they're like well mulan was filmed in a country that has concentration camp you're a bad person now we don't have to explain these things and the people who demand it all these twitter moms stuff who are demanding it they are psychopaths for thinking that they are owed an explanation for anything that he does so even though he's not publicly being an idiot just because he goes to a church that is homophobic and don't get me wrong i mean you and me are christians we know what it's like to go to a church and what it, their stances on things are does not mean you should be canceled by a mob who constantly is harassing you to the end of days and like i find it insane when i see like youtubers or personalities who are women right right and, and, and they always complain about how they're harassed online and it's unfair that people harass them harass them harass them endlessly and they take the side of a twitter mob either it's against him or it's let's say it's against jpk rowling or something yeah, like yeah. they're bad people this is that is the same thing these people are being harassed for no reason Dude. You have a right as a woman to not be harassed online. He has a right to live his life and not explain himself to trolls. No, and here, and dude, here's the crazy thing about it, right? So the people that would attack Chris Pratt are doing the very same thing. And this is, this is the bugged out part, right? This is the friggin' Tyler Durden, Kaiser Soze moment. And I'm going to try to keep it together. The very same people that attack him who say he's being intolerant, you have no evidence of it, but you accuse him of being intolerant. Accuse him of being a hate monger. Accuse him of being a slanderer. Are they doing the exact same things they're accusing him of? Let me point out an inconsistency to you, right? It is easier. And I challenge you. Debate me in the comment section. It's easier for your common internet SJW troll. And this is not even that type of channel, right? There are channels that I will deal with that later. I have words for those conservative channels that just spend their days bashing on poor in unintelligent SJWs, you guys are dicks too, and you know you are. And I, we'll get to that later, right? But so yeah. there are people who would attack Chris Pratt over this, but I guarantee you don't have the balls to walk into a mosque or say to a believing Muslim that they are a hate monger because you've either never read the Quran, <laughs> right, or you don't know the stance 
and, you know, and the hadiths and the Quran on these very subjects, right? But you invite Linda Sassorn to your woman's march. Right. Friggin' insane, dude. Oh, Fr- my God. <laughs> this is well said. This one's for the history. <laughs> Friggin' insane. Because- Friggin' insane. I'm sorry. Yeah, and what, what, what you're saying. Well, for starters, one of the things about the, inter- the problem with the internet culture is that everyone ha- gains internet balls. Right. So when I was in college, uh, you know how you have a group uh, when you go, go off to college? You have a first group of friends. Yeah. And they don't really – and they're an experiment, and they're just kind of – you're just feeling your way out, and then you find your real friends, and then you leave them. In my first group of friends, there was this, this kid uh, – Mike from Staten Island, and he was a short, really short dude. And for some reason, if he had two beers, he would be angry and aggressive and mean. And we called him Beer Muscle. <laughs> and every morning he'd apologize for the way he behaved. <laughs> and what it is is these tri- Twitter trolls are Mike, a Mike from Mike from Mikey from Staten Island. He, you know, basically the concept is they have beer muscles when they are on twitter they are empowered to feel that they can go nuts and say crazy things and harass people they would never do it in if they were sober and in public it's insane i i saw the best meme about this very topic from the great prophet himself mike tyson and i believe the quote was the internet has made you used to talking to people whatever way you want to without having to worry about getting smacked in your fucking mouth for the things you've said And I, I think yeah, right. Growing up, we had to, we had to, we couldn't say anything we wanted because <laughs> yeah, you get smacked. Someone might call yeah. you on that. I think the thing about Chris Pratt. And now here's the beautiful thing, right? So you would think, you know, usually you're in this situation, you get put in the island, and you're over there with Hulk Hogan and the guy who played Kramer and Seinfeld. You're never coming back from this type of stuff. Except for Chris Pratt, never said anything. Something you, you he didn't it. do anything. He didn't do anything. He didn't say anything. The great thing was that his his castmates came to his defense. You know, and that and that's something that you. Now, this is something that it really makes me happy because I know Robert Downey Jr. doesn't believe like Chris Pratt believes, right? But the fact that he's willing to come to his defense and say, "Hey, you're out of line. You guys are out of line. All you people are out of line," means a lot because it means that there's some sensibility left in the world. Well, you you know his history. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm saying he was a drug addict. He yeah. did time in jail. Yeah. He did. He absolutely did, did time in jail. And so he hates to talk about it. He's walked out of interviews when people talk about his time in jail. They're like, well, you want to talk about that? And he's like, fuck you. He storms off. Yeah. So he understands what it's like to be a pariah. Yeah. And it's, it's not fucking fun. It's not, and you know what? Even if you're a drug addict stealing things like that, it is not our place to judge Robert Downey Jr. No. It, it's no, it's no, nobody's. But you, you know, you know what? People were attacking them. Because you realize that they're, you know, this is, I hate to use the word SJW, there's no other word, but yeah. I'm not trying to generalize in anyone. Because yeah. trust me, I I have certain SJW, to, uh, like, yeah, uh, yeah, opinions yeah. or whatever. But what I'm saying is, like, that they feel like, uh, I mean, like, it's just, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to say. No, I know what you're going to say. Let me say it for you, right? So when the word SJW, you know, the term SJW wasn't already all, always a derogatory term, but it describes a peop, a type of people group that took over the social justice movement and became hyper social justice for whatever their motives are. Right. You know, we don't know if the true motive is to get Medicaid and Medicare for all so much as it's the grandstanding or the virtual signaling. But this is something that both sides are guilty of, but something that Chris Pratt himself 
is not guilty of. You guys are barking up the wrong tree. This is a man who wants nothing to do with any of this stuff. He literally, by all accounts, appears to want to love on people and make fun movies. And you're coming after him. And I'm reminded of the situation with Rose McGowan and friggin' uh, what's this psychopath's name? Uh, used to date Rose McGowan and Alyssa Milano. And then uh, Asia Argento, right? So you got Rose McGowan and Alyssa Milano. They are the, uh, the 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 spearheads of the Me Too movement in regards to their Hollywood representation, right? Asia Argento is Dario Argento's daughter. Do you know who this is? She was in that horrible movie Triple X with Vin Diesel. And uh, I do know who this is. Yeah, yeah. She recently got into some trouble for taking pictures in bed with a castmate of hers who might have been underage. Yeah. She was dating Anthony Bourdain. The world turned on her quick fast in a hurry now i'm gonna leave my some myself some room to not sound like an asshole here by all accounts it turns out that the allegations were false and that none of this stuff that this kid was claiming happened happened she did not I remember this i'm i'm actually remembering the scandaling now that you're saying it got reversed i do know what you're talking yeah by by all accounts and if i'm wrong I am willing to be wrong. Just show me where I'm wrong so I can correct myself. And I'll come back on here next week and say I was wrong. But it turns out she's not guilty of any of that stuff. This kid tried to blackmail her and poor Anthony Bourdain. They paid up like most people in that situation would do. But the mob came after him. And this is what me and Rory are talking about. We're talking about the friggin' mob that comes after people and wants to cancel people. And while you're getting ready to cancel Chris Pratt... You're not looking at the log in your own eyes. And all it takes is an accusation nowadays to end you because it'll fly over social media. It'll yeah. fly like back, like back in the day it would never fly like that. But now it just it's 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 this infectious hate that people have whether they know the facts or not. not. So, you know who else used to do stuff like this? 19 1940s America when a black man was or a black boy was accused of ogling a white woman, same mentality. But people can't figure it out. It's like you join this mob think and it starts happening. I, again, Chris Pratt is someone I really enjoy, man. And uh, I, I, I don't think he, he deserves to trend for these reasons. But at least accuse the man of doing something, right? Yo, like, yo, did you, <laughs> go ahead. yo, did you hear how they reversed it on, on his classmates? So no. it's Mark Ruffalo. It's Robert Downey Jr., a James Gunn. These people are like the most liberal liberal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. Su- su- super libertarian. Like, Mar- yo, Mark Ruffalo spends his weekends freaking going to like protests and stuff and like yeah. helping people and like and bring, making you know, butter at home. Sit in and he brings yeah he he, he brings some <laughs> muffins and shit. Like he's like good guy. People turned on them because they were like when uh when Brie Larson was getting harassed online, no, you didn't stand up for. Her. Yeah. Why was Brie Larson I, getting harassed online? <laughs> do you don't remember right before, you know, going into Mar- uh, Captain Marvel, there was just a, a lot of the misogynist dudes were like hating on her. Right, 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 hated right. her because, like, I don't know why. I, why. Why did it happen to her and not Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman? I don't know, man. It's I don't know why they pick them. Who picks who's getting canceled, destroyed today? I think it's a, it's got a lot to do with people who step into the arena. So I have no problem with Brie Larson. Actually, I have no problem with Captain Marvel. I've rewatched that movie at the behest of my eldest son a few times. And every time I watch it, it gets a little bit better. I'm like, man, I really... Opposite opinion. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not a great movie. I've watched it a couple times. And I've actually, I've actually literally watched it just for the sake of... 
notes about what should be fixed. And I don't think it's a horrendous movie. Um, you know, a friend of mine said the other day and pointed out, they said it's phase one boring. It's phase one boring. That's phase one boring. Boom. That, that's that's why. Because it, it, you know how Coin the it. phase one movies yeah. were good but not like amazing? Yeah, yeah. I'm stealing that. So, sorry, Nader. But like um, – you know they were good, but they weren't amazing. They weren't Phase Three, like yeah. Phase, you know what we know Marvel movies to be. Yeah, it was a Phase Three movie, but it really felt like a Phase One. It felt like a movie that the Russo brothers blindness. were not involved in. Anything the Russos touch turns to gold. <laughs> it's got an edgy dark. Did you see Extraction? Did you see Extraction? No, that movie was horrible, from what I hear. I gave it an eighty. An eighty. It's good action. It's good action though. Here's the thing. I agree that uh, Captain Marvel was phase one boring. Also, it's homecoming boring as well. It's very much in line with homecoming. Like I know what audience they were, they were shooting for. I think a lot of people came at Brie Lawson because, and I'm not saying that she deserves it one way or another, but she stepped into the arena and she expressed opinions and views. And Brie Larson is a, a capable woman. None of that stuff discourages her. In fact, none of it ever will. You, you, you'd have to literally out-debate her to make her shut her mouth on a lot of subjects. And I don't think she has to. I think the problem that I see with the whole Chris Pratt situation is, man, like, we want to silence people at the expense of their beliefs, right? So you want to shut this guy up. And basically what you're saying is, I don't want to hear your Christian talk anymore. And I don't think that's fair. Because what you're doing is you are now saying, by me coming out the closet, I have to repress another person and put them in the closet. And that goes against your tolerant belief system. Facts. You can't, you can't argue it, right? It's like, like if you're so tolerant, if you're so accepting of other people, you would say, que sera, sera. We disagree on this very critical issue to me. I wish you well. Right. And, you know, I want to I want to bring up my uh, a different theory about, like, what's going on here. Go ahead. So I, I so here's what it is. I am under the belief and I think that, like, people put a lot of weight into, like, what's trending on Twitter or what people are canceling on Twitter. Remember, canceling happened. On Twitter. Oh, yeah. I don't know oh, any yeah. other social media where that, that like Instagram. I've never been canceled. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> they can't so, find me. They can't yeah. find me to cancel <laughs> me. Because... <laughs> and so my understanding of it is that like, Twitter where all this stuff is happening. However, I am under the belief, I'm going to say this, I believe this is what I call a Twitter mirage. Mm. So uh, here's what it is. The question is, you can get canceled. You can be like shit on all the time, right? Right. The question is, is it going to get you fired? Is it going to prevent you from being hired again? Is it going to prevent you from making right? So an example I'd like to say, and I'm, we're going to talk about her, but I don't want to talk about what she's being accused of or anything like that because the YouTube algorithm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gr grandmasters will get us. But example is J.K. Rowling got super canceled. Yes. Co you know, a couple earlier in the pandemic, like right, early right, right, early right, summer, right, 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 right. and it was endless. It was going on for weeks, right? Yeah. However, yeah. her books are still like number one, two, four, five, and six on the best selling list on Amazon, still continuously. Not of all time, but continuously. Right. And she still has a movie going forward. And it has not cost her a single dime because all these trolls went there. It didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So my, my my belief is I have a feeling Jurassic Park or Jurassic World 3 is still going to reach a billion dollars. Yeah. He's still going to be Star-Lord. Yeah. And that it will it will serve nothing. These kids will get off. You know, because I know they're beating off to, to canceling people. 
you know, these these sickos. But I don't really think I think it's a mirage. We think this poor person's in trouble, and it's not really happening. I, I, you know what? I would one hundred percent agree with that because I don't know if Chris Pratt's sitting in his house like, man, this is. I'm just gonna give away the millions at this point. You know, <laughs> I'm just. I, I can't. I can't deal with this pressure. But it is a mirage. Yo, yo. But it's a mirage yo, that I feel talk- like that I feel like needs to be disputed. Every chance right. it gets. Every every chance I get. Go ahead. Yo, but I'll, I'll give you a, a startling statistic. So uh, only, what is it? It's only 2% of the internet world. And I, I think a lot of people, especially wealthy people, they think the entire world has the internet. That's actually not true. Not everyone has the internet. Okay. But of people who have a- access to the internet, only 2% of them have Twitter accounts. And of those people, only 20% of them tweet. <laughs> The other 80% are people who are volley voyeurs. They watch, they watch and they don't, they don't, they're scared of giving. Them. Yeah. They're just watching. So all the people, this is a super, is a small group of a small group of people who are super rambunctious on Twitter. Yeah. And it makes you think that's what the world is about, but it's actually. No, it's, you know, you're talking about the microcosm. You're talking about the friggin', uh, the Petri dish and it, everything looks right. big. It, everything looks when big. Every when every post looks like it, every post looks like you hate Chris Pat. You think the world hates. You know what, man? I just finished the boys and I think there's a very, very, very good, uh, parallel to the character Stormfront and what she does to people. And I actually thought they, I love her. I, I think they did it massively. Like, because if you didn't catch what they did with her character, like they brought in the fact that the Nazis, used propaganda they used it i'm not gonna say they masters used it of prop- oh yeah they yeah I, I don't want the algorithm to come and get us but they were masters of propaganda and they knew exactly what to do and it's funny that she had figured out that some of the best tricks are the old tricks that still work with a new wrapping around them and she was using meme culture which is propaganda on steroids right and it's like right. but when you're sitting around and the algorithm just points you to the same type of thinking people so you're getting exposed to those same memes that you would necessarily nod your head to it does seem like a big deal i always challenge people i'm like hey you know what if you're gonna bash chris pratt why don't you actually look up and see what he believes right be consistent see if there's actually something on the books of him saying something right give me a quote give me a quote of him being an a <laughs> yeah give me a quote <laughs> I'll put money that he didn't say anything. <laughs> you know what, though? But he is still going to be Star-Lord. And you guess what? I'm still going to go see the movies. You know why? Because most of you people still watch Disney flicks, and Walt Disney was a bona fide Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about suspected of or alleged ties to. Like, the man had some, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's dad, too. Do we cancel the Schwarzenegger now? The man's... It's from Austria. If you don't know your history. <laughs> I, I Actually, you know, he's actually one of the most fervor, like, you know, he's like super against uh, Proud Boys and like all the stuff that's going on. Like, he speaks oh, out about man. them all the time. The Proud Boys seem I like actually, a group of guys you just want to drink with, right? I feel like we would have ran into them in our Haven days. Like just ended up at one of their parties like, well, this is not cool. <laughs> so I'm, un- I'm under the belief that like all of this is fake. Yeah. Not just COVID, but the Proud, Proud Boys, Boys, the presidency. There's no such thing as Donald Trump. It's all. It's all. This is basically. I believe that the world. It, the world is a flat disc on a on a globe, but it's a flat disc that's only a hundred miles. It's only a hundred miles. And oh right. So right. so China is a made place too. 
Yeah, all these things are made up. So kung fu is made up. There's no such thing as birds. There's no such thing as no such thing as wushu or kung fu or any of that. No, none of that. None of all of that was. I was lied to as a child. Um, and with there are no celebrities. Like the celebrities are fake. There's CGI. There's CGI's of porn actors meshed together. And you know, I'm just I'm I'm not gonna fall for it anymore. I'm just not gonna fall for it. I'm done with that. I, I don't bl- I don't blame you, man. Like, uh, if this is really is a simulation life, right? If the aliens really do have plugs inside of our buttholes and they're just feeding thoughts into our brain right now, this is this has been one of their worst simulations. The the, the 2020 2.0 patch they released into the wild, not looking too good. <laughs> Yo, do you really want to talk about the conspiracies right now? Because I'll I'll talk all night about the conspiracies. Listen, I I'm I'm down in my basement. I'm not armed right now, so no, I don't want to talk about this conspiracy. I feel okay. Like. <laughs> so we don't have to go on, but I will say the aliens are coming back before 2020 ends. That's all I'm saying to all of you out there. Just listen to that. They're coming back. So you you know, like basically, what I'm saying is, remember earlier in the year when NASA was like, "We have confirmed that we don't know what UFOs are, and we studied them all the time, and it blows our mind." Right? That was foreshadowing. For the eventual arrival of aliens. Just think about it. So listen, the only way I'm going to accept the aliens is if they come in Thanos form. Because technically, even as an internal, he's an alien. Anything shows up with bug eyes, they're going to have to eviscerate me because I'm not going to take them seriously. Like I might be racist against aliens. That might, that might be a thing. I might be the guy that throws the stone, kicks off the apocalypse. Like, there are not of us, and just smacks one of those things in the head. <laughs> I, but moving on, moving on. <laughs> yo we got yo we got to get into uh the mandalorian the Mando, uh, mando. Speaking, mando season. Of, speaking of masterful things you know what roy i'm not gonna hold it against you right you know you like spider-man you like mysterio that's your your fault i'm sure rehab a few sessions with a therapist will help wipe these things from your brain mandalorian season one masterful it had its problems for sure masterful it had its problems but i i it was overall a, a fun ride. So, you know, the, we had a few things going on early on with season two. We got an, um, uh, the main character apparently leaving and never coming back and not filming the rest Yo, of the Yo, wait, hold on. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa. Is this, this is being as a uh, – uh, this is uh, being a vehicle to insult me and a certain YouTuber that I, I listen to. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, oh, your, no. It's, your, it's your ego. That has nothing to do with you and a certain YouTuber. This is widely reported on by multiple YouTubers. And uh, what's the guy's name that plays uh, Mando? I forget his name. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. So, have you watched the latest trailer for the Mando? I have. It's horrible. It's garbage. You think it's garbage? Yo, it's almost all the same scenes from the other trailer. <laughs> it's a trailer. Which? Yo, no, no, no. You have need to. You, you... Yo, homie, you need to listen up right now. All so, right, right, right. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna educate you. I understand you don't understand it. So, <laughs> well, I want you to watch the first trailer, right? Then watch the second trailer, right. right? The second trailer is just it's different angles of the same scenes. I'm okay. They're with recycling that. the scenes. They're not showing us new characters, new planets. Yeah. So as as I said, right? As I said that I'm a big believer in that in that theory that like. Uh, I believe that Pedro Pascal got into an argument with management and he stormed off the set and they kept filming without him. Yeah. And that he's not entirely in the season, which is why they don't have a lot of footage to create trailers with. Uh, 
So let me, allow me to pitch another idea, right? And by the and by the way, I'm referencing the videos and the YouTuber in question down in the description. So l- allow me to pitch another thing, right? Now you're going to have to wrap your head around this cuz I know you've been reading Batman comic books, so you're not used to deeper ethereal thinking on certain certain topics. What if they are deciding <laughs> what if they decided that they're not going to reveal the entire season two things can be true at the same time right one of the biggest complaints that we usually have as fans is that they revealed everything in the trailer what if they just said hey you know what instead of doing the game of thrones thing we're just going to say this is what you need to see you already know who all the famous guest co-stars are going to be for this season because we allowed that information to be leaked so we're just going to show you what you need to see and I, I guarantee people. I guarantee most of that footage is from the first episode. I'm willing to put money oh, I'm on bad it. it. I'm willing to bet it. I'm willing to bet it. So, like, basically, the things I got to say is like the reason we haven't seen Ahsoka or anything like that is I bet you she's in the last five minutes of the last episode. That is stamped. <laughs> Yo, I will bet you money on this. Right. Like, actual real money, not that monopoly crap. Like real money. But like what I'm saying is. But the other thing that I got to say, you're right. That's probably in the first two episodes. But what I'm saying is the company, you know, it's interesting. You have all these theories about why why they would not show us new footage. But the right. truth is, is that Disney needs to bring in more more viewers. Yeah. And so anyone that's on the fence of watching it, they don't want to make a second trailer and waste their time. They want to bring them in. So there's there's no motivation to not showing anything. Um. I agree with that statement to a certain point. I think there is a good motivation because it's a good – I think that we've gotten too used in this stream, instant gratification world that we live in for getting what we want. And I think one of the things that made The Mandalorian Season 1 really good was you didn't know what you were walking into, right? Because we already know that they're, 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 they're way off the uh, – I hate saying this term, but they're way off the reservation on this one, right? The Mandalorians and the original source material had no problems taking their mask off. There's nothing leading up to this that leads me to believe that something changed so drastically in their culture to like lock it up, everyone put it on, don't take them off again, right? So we're we're yo, all re- yo, go for so it. So that's the de- that's what the legendary debate is. People are saying that he wanted his helmet off more often. Yeah. And so w- the question is, is like why? It's so funny because Fellini's on that project. Yeah, and Fellini wrote the Mandalorian episodes of the Clone Wars, in which they don't keep their helmets on. So here's the so thing. here's the thing, right? He could let him take his helmet off. Here's the thing: I'm not buying the whole Pascal. I mean, it could be true. It could be true. I'm just talking about my opinion here. I'm not buying the whole he's that diva actor because then why did he do that one shot in Game of Thrones where he basically gets eviscerated? Right? Like someone with that type of ego is kind. Of, why would he be in a movie like? The friggin' uh, Kingsman, right? That was Kingsman too. What, like, right. if, if you're a thespian, or he's the of, cowboy killer, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. If you're a thespian of that level, what I think is more than likely that happened is they had a disagreement on set, and you know he called the producers bluff or vice versa, and then he walked off. Apparently now everything's all good. Hopefully it doesn't impact the entire season. But I think there's an upside to this, right? So we've gotten a lot of speculation about who's going to be appearing in season two. So people are originally saying the uh, the actor who played Bobo and Jenga Fett is coming back to reprise his role as uh, uh, Captain Rex. Boba Fett. As Boba Fett so and, actually, and Captain Rex. Yeah, it's possible he could. I, I, I've only heard the confirmation of Boba Fett. I think people are assuming that also Captain Rex. Rex. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, but like you know, Boba Fett, his or at least his feet were in season one. Yeah. Yes. Well, right. Was he in Doom? Uh, what's the name of the squadron that saved uh, Mando? I forget the name. It's like Death Patrol or something like that. Or no, it's Death Watch. Death, Death Watch. Watch. Death Watch. You know, no, no. So uh, that's like a clan. I'm sorry to dork out right now. That's a clan. No, what it was is that the episode where he goes to Tatooine, mm-hmm. they're hunting um, Ming Na Wei. You know that actress Ming Na Wei. Yeah. And when he looks at her profile, he goes, "Oh, she works for she works for Jabba. The, she used to work for Jabba the Hutt." And so later on, they kill her. Yeah. Right. And so obviously we know who Boba Fett worked for Jabba the Hutt. So then later on at the end credit scenes, you see two feet walking up to her, but you hear spurs, cowboy spurs. And so in Star Wars, the only character who's ever made noises while he walks is is Boba Fett. He makes spur noises, even though for some reason he doesn't have spurs. It's weird. But his (laughs) feet walk up to her. Yeah. And he's just there, and I was, and like people, people speculated like that's Boba Fett, and I'm for, I'm further speculating that I think he was probably either sleeping with her, and he's pissed, and he wants revenge, you know. But like they were in the same <laughs> gang together. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. Right. Even if it's Boba Fett, I want more of that in the Mandalorian season two. And let me tell you why. Let me make my pitch here. I think that when it comes to Star Wars. They should take a page, and I know a certain YouTuber is going to disagree with me here because I I just but I just think that they should. When it comes to universe building, you got to start somewhere, right? So there's also speculation about sideshows jumping off, like people talking about Gina Carano, who by the way got the Chris Pratt treatment. We'll talk about her next. She week. did. Oh God. Yeah, she got the Chris Pratt treatment. Oh, of like a few weeks back, and uh, there's been talk about her getting a show with what's the woman's name from Battlestar Galactica she was in the last Riddick movie uh did the voice for one of the well I know the character she's playing is Bo-Katan yes she does the voice she did yeah. the voice in the cartoon right so there's there's, yeah. there's talk about them not, not whether or not any of this is confirmed but this is a good opportunity to build for these possible shows in the latter half of the season of Mandalorian of, of, of season two and I think if you do it well it can be good right because Let's let's face it, right? How much more Baby Yoda Mando stuff do you think would they really have in them before people start I getting burned? <laughs> before they start getting burned out, so we got to start opening the universe up. And you know, I know you're not. Look, I'm throwing some advanced stuff at you, man. You've been reading Superman, Spider Man, and freaking whatever else it is. What do you wait? Wait, what do you read that's so sophisticated? What do you read that's so sophisticated? Spawn. What are you talking? <laughs> Todd McFarlane is a genius. Biting everyone else's comics, bro. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I think this is a good way. If So if even – you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, first half of the season, let, definitely let us get our fix of uh, where's Baby Yoda going. I'm going to get into that stuff in a second because there's a big problem with Star Wars, and it's always the same problem. And then in the second half of the season, start building up what else is going on in the universe. Now, if we go back to the Baby Yoda and uh, Mando thing, Star Wars is a linear story, right? Don't want to end up like the Rise of Skywalker and like, ah, <laughs> in the last shit up. For the, for He's the, judging you. He's judging you. <laughs> for the listening fans, Kal-El just popped in. Roy held up his, his voodoo doll of his deity in front of me. <laughs> But like you gotta you gotta admit, right? Like they're gonna they're gonna screw this up. They could there's a potential for them to screw this up with this linear story because 
you've set unless they completely disavow the uh, rise of skywalker in the last jedi baby yoda dies on luke's little farm there when no, kylo ran no 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 i got you i already i already wrote this bro you don't even no 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 you it doesn't matter what you wrote bruh it matters what the canon says and canon no. says canon says that he was either there or they they got to explain no, where he was no. at. You're ju- you're jumping to all these ex- conclusions. So here's here's what? the Hold on for a second. Am, wait, wait, we got wait, am I jumping to conclusions or am I using the information that's been presented? No, you're jumping to conclusions. So <laughs> cuz you you're, you're using information that you have not been presented as per usual. <laughs> that's what's wrong with you upstate <laughs> people. So, yo, so check it out. Right. See, season two is he looks for a Jedi. Uh-huh. He has, he's been sent to look for a wizard. Right. At the last episode, he meets Ahsoka. Season three is that Ahsoka will lead him. They'll go on a quest to find Luke's school. Right. And it'll be burned. They go to, no, it, it won't be burned yet. It's not time for it. Okay. However, Luke will say he doesn't need to be at the school. He needs to go find his own kind. In which case they leave the school and then season four, they go and look for other Yoda people, which will lead to the mystery of who the Yoda people are. Listen to me. What you've just described is the easiest way for this show to get canceled. No one's going to stick around. Maybe you and I will. We will. But no casual is going to stick around. Do you realize that you said season two and then season three? People are burnt out of that shit after Game of Thrones. No one's sticking around for the big payoff in season eight. Because they know there no. is. <laughs> yeah, people people tune in for action and adventure and Baby Yoda antics <laughs> and and, meet, and meeting like references to other Star Wars properties. They're not gonna they're not gonna have a problem with him having quest and ongoing quest. Let me let me fix it for you, right? I'm gonna fix it for you, right? Oh, so, you're gonna fix it for me. You're gonna fix it. I'm gonna I'm gonna fix it. You, for you. Steven is fixing it, guys. I'm, Everyone, I'm, pay attention. I'm, so I'm gonna fix it for you, right? So here's what <laughs> should happen, right? First half of the season, Mando and the baby are traveling around. They're doing some more of their Shogun and Pup stuff. They should bump into Ahsoka in the last episode, like you said. I agree with that portion. But if you're following all the extended canon that's going on now, there's another Motley crew with a Jedi, with two Jedis and a Night Sister running around that stem from the video game Fallen Order. Game's been canonized. It's been canonized. Everyone admits that it's canon. I think that they should. You poor fool. (laughs) I think. Keep going. I think that they should meet up and continue to expand the Star Wars universe as far away from anything to do with The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and build build that way. The closer you come to those fields. Wrong. wrong. You're a racist. You can't call me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so what it is is Jan- john favreau has already said the series will explore the origins of the last uh first order so they're gonna explain how uh, kylo ren's empire got created listen to me you can't listen to that guy he's telling you that but they're not gonna do that just think about all the stuff that what's the cowboy hat guy's name uh you know right he wrote rebels and um Freaking uh, oh, D- Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni, the, the madman himself. He said a lot of stuff about rebels and then attack of the clones. We didn't get most of the stuff that he promised, and he, he kept the story pretty. It's true, he, he he defies his own canon all the time, so yeah. who knows what, what, what's going 
but I'm just, I'm just trying to fix this for you. I'm telling you right now, just take it from me, bro. If they come... you say canonize, I I want the reason why I said I laughed and thought it was laughable is literally every comic book, every novel, and every video game that has ever had anything to do with Star Wars has later on been ditched when creators don't want to deal with it. So here's the thing. All that it's ex- not canon. Nobody cares. Nobody cares in live action no, what no, a video game is doing. No, listen to me. Everyone should care. You're just the only person who doesn't have a PlayStation 4. I'm so sure it's good. I'm sure it's a great video game. I'm sure it's a great it's, video it's, game. It's, it doesn't mean it means anything. No, I will tell you what it is. It is quite possibly the best thing to happen to Star Wars in a long time. And until you play it, you have no evidence to say otherwise. But let me just say no, this. No, it, it doesn't matter how good it is. I'll give you an example. Hold on. Um, hold do on, you know? On. Before you make your pitch, let me make my pitch in regards to this, right? The whole canon thing. I think now that it's out of the hands of George Lucas, we can really streamline what is canon and what's not canon. That's why all that expanded universe, Knights of the Old Republic nonsense had to go, even though I like a lot of stuff from the Knights of uh, you, you know. I like a lot of stuff from the Old Republic. Uh, mm. There are key Sith members that I really enjoy. I think their stories would be, are really amazing. But the George Lucas era, the expanded universe, all that nonsense about you know aliens with living body parts that are force resistant—that shit needed to be scrapped. Right, it was on fall. <laughs> yeah, that's, I love them. <laughs> they needed to be. That stuff needs to be scrapped. Like it's like that's when you need an editor. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe you should lay off the heroin. Right, <laughs> I'm telling you that if there's one or two ways for the Mandalor- Mandalorian season two to fail. First way is to give us too much Baby Yoda without any te- any depth. If you just keep leaning on the cute factor, people are gonna get your hardcores are gonna get sick of it, and then we know how hardcores turn to cancerous people on Twitter, and eventually they'll start turning other hardcores away from they'll, it. They'll cancel Baby Yoda. <laughs> they'll cancel. He's racist. <laughs> the next way, the next way it fails is if they do exactly, and this is no offense to you, if they stretch the story out without a, not enough context and universe building outward right so every season should have a purpose either to introduce something we haven't known about star wars or re-familiarize us with something that was great about star wars that they're making brand new again if they stray from that formula it's gonna suck you heard it here first people you can't argue with logic my feelings have nothing to do so with this. So wait, how did how did my th- how did my how did my map not not fulfill that? Well, your map was like eight seasons. It was the Game of Thrones map, man. It's four seasons, you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Game of Thrones map. Like by the time season six rolls around, we find out that Baby Yoda's sleeping with his aunt, and that you know it doesn't really matter if the dragons die or live because they have no real consequence on the story. That's that's where you're going with this whole thing, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off before. What were you going to say? <laughs> I'm mean, too infuriated to continue. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm sorry, Star Star Wars is my nerd muscle, so it like, you know, <laughs> ag- agitates me. That's so, you know, it's someone who didn't even like Star Wars until like you 2014. Keep, you keep confusing not liking something for not understanding something. I didn't like it because I realized that the first episode that we went to go see, I just sat there and I was just like, this is nonsense. This is <laughs> like, this is absolute nonsense. <laughs> like, I get what George Lucas is attempting to do, but let's all let me be the sober one and say that this is absolute nonsense. When we went to go see episode two with each other, you and uh, you and Zeus were completely infuriated with me when I was like, 
I think Mace Windu kills uh, Django Fett. <laughs> you guys, that's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. You guys literally almost attacked me outside the diner. When he got decapitated, I was like, did I call this a one? I'm just, I, I, I have always enjoyed Star Wars. I'm just honest about the things I don't like. I really did enjoy Revenge of the Sith in spite of itself, right? I, I enjoyed watching it because I finally feel like, oh, okay, so now we kind of we get to see Vader as Vader. That was my big thing. I always wanted to see him be the big bad that he was supposed to be. And, you, you know, you're not going to get that with a Lucas film. Lucas is incapable of doing that. Well, revenge was him. No, no, no. Even, I, incapable. You kind of get to see it. You don't see it because it's Christian Hadison and he finishes the movie by saying, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. And it's like, I know Lucas pitched that line to him. He was like, you got to say this, kid. It's going to make the whole movie. I admit that line wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on, we need to talk about entertainment right now. Oh, so yes. what we need to talk about what what are you watching and what do the what do our viewers and listeners need to watch? Dude. I'll let you kick this one off because I'm I'm a pretty boring guy. Go ahead. You mean you don't watch TV? Uh, I watch mostly YouTube, The Fat Mantis mostly, and a few other key channels. The Fat Mantis is good, man. Talented <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> um, but, yo, I mean, I, I want to get into a bunch of things. So we're going to start with The Boys. So you watch The Boys. Yeah, season two. How, how do you feel about it? Honestly, man. I thought it was great. It was a great ride. It took me a while to get there to actually watch it, but uh, from episode one to the final episode, I, I love the character development of uh, Homelander. Uh, it's clear that they're doing a lot of different things in the source material, right? Like, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but if you've read The Boys, the comic book, you know how this whole thing wraps up. Unfortunately, I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, they, they've, nullified, they've nullified a certain wrap-up. Yeah, they've they've completely right. nullified it. I really enjoyed the Stormfront introduction, and I you know I know it can be kind of weird when they do the whole make you empathize with the villain thing. But every once in a while, when I'm watching season two, I remember season one when Homelander was a baby in that room by himself, and it's just like it makes me think about uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. You get what you deserve, right? <laughs> like you get you you literally get what you deserve. So I, now I, I think the season is was great, and, and you know it's one of those shows that like even though it's streaming, I would wait for it to to drop. Yeah, and it would drop at 11 p.m. and I would I like wait for it. I was like 11 p.m. immediately go over to Prime to to check it out, and that's how much you realized. I, even though I would complain about it, I would love the show. Right, and like I think a lot of people are having like issues, or they're having like uh, they're having like mental issues with um, you know, the idea that one of the characters was. Nazis. I think it's important that we have Nazis. Yeah. Uh, particularly as villain. Yeah. Partic absolutely. I, absolutely. I would think I would be worried if they if we sympathize her with too much. But no, it was very important that we see her be a Nazi on multiple levels. Yeah. Especially since Nazism apparently in America of all places is making a comeback. You know, it's crazy because I think she said something that was really telling in that season. She was, you know, basically when the boys think they got her with the got him, like they release her pictures of her uh, with the Fuhrer and everyone else back in the day. And she's like, you know, it's still going to work out the way I want it to. She's like, people want what I have to offer. They just don't like the word Nazi. And I was like, boom, there it is. <laughs> like, like, there it is, right? Like, it's like. 
people just don't like call it anything else. Just don't call them Nazis, and we'll be okay. Exactly. With it. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. You're so right. Man. It, it's 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 well done. I can't wait for the next season. Um, I'm even though I I've I've heard what the spinoff is about. Um, I'm still into it. What's the spinoff? Very about? different. So you know, you know, the boys is constantly the comic was constantly. Not only was it a reference, constantly sex and violence of Garth Ennis. Um, but it was also uh, ways to parody and make fun of established superheroes. Yeah. So there's there's um, something called the G-Men, and they are uh, they are a parody of the X-Men. Oh, uh, yes. And the boys eventually fucking destroy them, basically. Um, but the idea is that they're going to have a G-Men storyline. And so the rumor is, is that girl, remember Cindy, who blows people's brains up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. With her powers? She's gonna she's gonna be recruited with them. She's gonna be on the run, and they're gonna capture her and, and like bring them into her fold. So it'll be a totally different, totally different premise. Very different. But Wait, I'm willing the, to give it a shot. Do the boys like fuck those guys off in the comic books? Do they kill all the G-men? They do. You know what's crazy, man? So here's another thing I really enjoyed about season two. I like black noir, but I don't like black noir in the comics, right? I don't like that black. I hate him in the comics. I hate him in the comics. I like this black noir. I love the fact that like when Butcher and Mother's Milk, who's absolutely my favorite character, I love that dude. Oh, great. And, and Frenchie, they're all at Butcher's aunt's house. And like when Butcher comes out, Black Noir, broad daylight, is up on that house. <laughs> <laughs> Pretending to hide. Pretending to hide. Like he's actually spread out, like like he's hiding. It's hysterical. And I, I think that's great also because uh if you look at the type of character that Black Noir is, man, uh He's super light. All right, let me let me just make this point right. Black Noir is probably the realest character in that universe on the TV show. Like he's a murderer, you know, and he does whatever he's beckoned to do. And he's a gimp, right? He does gimpish like stuff. He, you know, you see him crying when he finds out that he's been manufactured. He tries to do <laughs> the thing with the uh, the doll with the kid in the beginning. And I don't think that was him trying to be sarcastic. It's like it's obviously something I wrong. Think, yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> thought he was trying. He thought he was comforting the kid. He's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> meep meep. But you know what's crazy? You know who really impressed me this season was Queen Maeve, because it's like, man, is I've she? I've always loved her. Is she? I've not- loved her in this series. Isn't she not like the best parallel of Wonder Woman? Let me make my case. Let me make my case here, bro. You're going to love this. I think Wonder Woman in DC is one of the most muted, uh, smurfed characters when you think about her skill set and her power, right? And it was great to see Queen Maeve go through all the stuff that she was going through, being under the thumb of Homelander, and then finally mm-hmm. start getting like her, uh, her strength back. I mean, her mental fortitude fortitude and then and basically for her to sun black noir and then they would have completely lost that fight to stormfront if she didn't show up yes yes so you know i do love her and actually i i you know i know somebody who was like i don't think it's all right to have like a closet you know how people are like super sensitive to like lbg stuff they're like yeah you shouldn't have closeted um, you shouldn't have closeted storylines because that encourages people to have be closeted. I'm like, yo, in this day and age, people are still closeted. Yeah. The, yeah. And the entire world is in New York City. We Wait. have people all over the world. 
hold on for a second. But let's be real about why Maeve was being closeted. Could you imagine living with a dude like Homelander? Let's not even make it a joke right now. Like, the man is a bona fide monster, right? Psychopath, man. It's just nuts. He, he, he's completely... Oh, we're going to get to my Edwin, who's also Edmund, or whatever his name is, the uh, the main CEO. He's Stan all, Edgar. Yeah, one of my great, 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 great. But a lot of the stuff that Maeve did is exactly what people would do if confronted by a monster like Homelander. You would I be agree, surprised if you're scared of someone what you will allow yourself to do. I don't think she was closeted. Actually, I thought it was pretty cool that her girlfriend uh, said, you know, she's bisexual and she's not gay, right? And it's like a play on that whole thing because she makes a distinction, like you're lumping us all right. into like right. one, one category. And I they're thought, basically like lesbian, straight up lesbian makes more sense yes. to the audience yes, or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it, it's crazy, but it was a, gr- it was a great story. It was a great story. The great. Big I will say, I don't like that her girlfriend judged her yeah, me, for not, what happened on the, on, the, on the plane. Yo, that was an impossible situation. She couldn't save them. She didn't kill those people. So, so the crazy thing is I remember when that episode came out. That was a really rough episode, too. Uh, and I remember a certain YouTuber talked about it, and they were like, you know, flippantly said, kind of said, well, couldn't he just carry the plane? And Homelander was like, no, I can't do that. The plane will, will literally rip apart in my hands if I try to land this thing on my own, right, which which right. makes sense. It's I, true. If you, if for, for a sturdy point, if you only have one sturdy point, the rest will fall apart. Yeah. So the, it's, it makes sense. He can't actually bring it down. Now, maybe he could have flown back and forth, but we don't have any evidence. I mean, he says he's broken a sound barrier, but we haven't seen him do anything like that. Right, but then again, right. breaking the sound barrier with a person whose body isn't built right. for that, they're going to rip in half. You're hanging on to that. <laughs> yeah. So all roads led to that plane going down. Again, man, I, I don't agree with the people who are like, they don't like her closeted character. I don't think it's closeted like she's repressing her sexuality. I think it's closeted like I'm with a monster. And he'll, you know, and let's not forget who Homelander is in the comics. Like, I listen, I don't, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't read it, but babies aren't safe around Homelander. Yeah, I, that, that that's the what Homelander is the bit one of the biggest problems with the because he is just abnormally evil, <laughs> OD and evil and psychopathic for no reason, and he's just he's just not a realistic person. And I like that the show has made him more realistic. Absolutely. And then again, so if we go back to the part where you're feeling sympathetic for him, you know, like the whole I think he really is trying to like bond with his son. And it is enough enough guilt to go around this scenario. Right. Like he raped her. She left Butcher. Who do you feel bad for in this situation? Butcher was already you find out Butcher was already on a bad path prior to this whole thing. I got a theory, though. I got a theory. What's What's the theory? I don't think she was raped. I was getting that vibe too, man. But she, I think I, they were. I think they had an affair, and she f- finally was like, "Fuck, f you." She had an affair, and she was like, "I don't want you around anymore." And then that's where things got hostile. Uh, you know but what? I think she did have an affair. I, I, that would make perfect sense. You know what else I really enjoyed about this season was Butcher's development as a character, right? Like they could have mishandled him and just made him more, you know, grunty, more English, and used, you know, the c word more. But there was like there was depth there, and uh, it's gonna be interesting. Though I'm predicting this for season three. I don't think Mother Milk makes it through season three. A character like that can't make it. He's not gonna get too many twelve sided rolls on the die, right? <laughs> He's right, not like he, right. he barely made it out of the skirmish. I see Frenchie making it to the end. Actually, and also there is a foreshadowing of that 
because he was offered a way out. Yeah. The CIA director was like, I'll, I'll take your family down to South America. No one will know where you are. And he, he refused it. And that's almost like a foreshadowing. You and your family are going to die. Yeah, and probably horribly. And you're going to regret <laughs> not taking it off. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it, man. I, I'm really gassed on it. I'm actually going to get into a show that I know you're going to bring up here pretty soon. Uh, what's the name of it? Uh, Lovecraft. That's next up. Lovecraft Country. It's uh, That's next Love up on my it, Washington man. list. I, w- I just want to make some more boys predictions. Frenchie makes it. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the young Asian lady. She's not gonna make it, right? The female of the species. Yeah, she's she's not gonna make it, dude. Uh, Queen Maeve is definitely going down in season three. Homelander is not gonna forget this shit. Like he's not like with that last scene of him up. On he's the- gonna get revenge on a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's gonna go full front too. And also, I think that um, I think Starlight bites it next season too. Because they got to figure out a way to get the deep back in. I think she bites it. And I think that turns her boyfriend. What's that kid's name? Huey? I think that turns him like a little bit closer to the darkness. I have nothing to base That's absurd. On. That's absurd. You're making that up to, to cause controversy. You're a fool. No, I am I am, I am. am a genius ahead of my time. And I'm often right about these things. But unfortunately, They're not killing Starlight. Listen to me. Listen to me. A lot of people said the same thing about other characters and other shows. I'm just telling you how it can go down well. If you do it my way, people will still watch. I, my prediction is Stan Edgar has kryptonite or that that universe's version. Of- I I think that's also true. I wish we can. You notice he's not scared of Homelander at all. Like he's alone with Homelander and Homelander's threatening him and he counter threats him. And I'm like, you're just a dude. Why are you just standing there? I have a because he's like Lex Luthor. I think I think he's that version's universe's version of Lex Luthor, and he has like kryptonite in his pocket. It's either that, or they're gonna do something really heavy-handed, like he turns out to be a soup, or and he is. I've thought of that. And there's only one way to actually beat Homelander. You have to beat Homelander. Like you literally <laughs> have to be physically stronger than him. But I, I would agree with that too, man. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do with head popping girl. Because I, I got to tell you, I did not see that one coming. I was just like, I didn't really understand her character. I was like, I guess she's just the representation of a do-gooder. She'll meet her end at some point. But I thought it was amazing. I thought it was an amazing season. So, yo, so check this out. I didn't even realize it because I wasn't paying attention to her name because she seemed so not important. Right. You're talking about the congresswoman. Yeah. So she's in the comic, but a guy in the comic. Oh, the gender bender. But and they, she didn't have powers in the comic either, so it makes it even weirder. Yeah, this Did, is, you read the whole thing or no? Oh, uh, the whole comic? No. Oh, okay. I know how. So it, I know the beginning. I know. I know how. The, I know when someone pointed out, they're like, "Oh, Congressman Newman is, you know, Vic or whatever from the comic." I was, oh snap! So I know where her where her character is like supposed to go, but they're not going by the comic anymore which i like i actually i think that's great man like imagine if this was you right and romancing the universe and you get a tv show right and you get to finally correct some of the things you didn't like with it or to trip up your more snobby fans who've taken claim of your book this is the best way to do it it's like you know what i'm gonna do the things i wanted to do i will absolutely say that like uh, you know as a writer i'll say that like you need to allow writers to adapt and like novels or comics are not the same thing as TV or movies and that the writer's room has to allow to adapt things. And I think it's good to switch it up. Yeah. It's good to create surprises. It's absolutely good work. So if someone's like, it has to be purely that, like, you know, these game of Thrones people are so pissed that things change. I don't love the ending of game of Thrones, but I'm glad they changed certain things. Like I'm glad they switched it up. It doesn't have to be exactly, you know, 
So here's my problem with Game of Thrones, the ending. It's actually not the ending. There's something else, and this is where you guys rubbed off on me a little bit, and it's like a slow poison that works its way through me sometimes. Yeah. Hold on. So my big problem with that season was if this was a game that you and I were playing, and I said to you, after building my conquest, getting basically and only losing one dragon as I built up my army and a couple of boats and some uh, some young ladies and their mother to uh, piracy. But if I said to you, you're like, Steve, I'm sitting in the White Walkers. You have one role. What are you going to do? I'm going to send in my entire Dothraki cavalry against them into the dark. <laughs> <laughs> you know what oh I'm their search their strategy at that and that was nonsense no it was it, it, but it, I, it made no sense it, no it, like the entire last season made no sense but anyway that's old that's old news Let, no, let's let's move on. New, new news. lovecraft country all right tell me about so it. you haven't seen it at all no i haven't seen it at all it's the i i think last episode we talked about like i, yeah. I told you what they did with the white people yeah yeah yeah, yeah um it's a good time. It is it is possibly the most um mystical, fantastical story I've ever seen in my life. There's like everything from like time travel to space travel to magic to monsters to zombies in it. So you have to be open to that shit. And like <laughs> let's face it, there isn't a lot of black TV or writing that's about that. <laughs> right? Wait, wasn't different world based off of that stuff solely? Different world? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. The Cosby Show's been on. <laughs> now, is it, is it less campy? Because I remember you were saying you were kind of alluding to that last week, that there's some very campy elements. So the first episode is like the most realistic horror movie taking place with black people you could ever possibly watch. It's a masterpiece. And then episodes two and three are super campy. But after that, like, it ebbs and flows. It jumps back and forth. But campy and serious, after a while, you get used to it. Like, I would say, like, episode one and episode six are, like, the two, like, best episodes of anything I've seen all year. Really? They're so good. Like, episode six, like, oh, man, it's it's freaking amazing. And it's, it's a great show. And, you know, at the end of it, at the end of the season, like, they go there. It's HBO, so they go there, man. They went to all sorts of dark places. It's it's, it's twisted. I can't wait to sit, watch it. So the it's a good time. Seasons ended. Yeah, it's ten episodes. It's ten episodes. It's like a it's it's a really it's a good ride. You just have to deal with like the, there's certain times it's cheesy. I could. I mean, we're I'm an old school Buffy fan. I I know all about that. Oh well, it, it won't it won't seem cheesy to you uh, because of that. But, like, let me ask you a question about that show, man. Is there any part of it that's actually like scary or shocking to you? Like, or even if it's just like, oh, that was kind of creepy when you think about it later. Episode one has some real, true scares. You're on, you're on the edge of your seat. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, you know, here's what it is: the effects are so good that sometimes when they have like monsters or things, it is truly frightening what they do. So my only fear with this show is I know they're not it has no way in shape or form anything to do with true blood but I just after that I'm worried right HBO has... it's nothing like that it's nothing like that. Okay all right all right I all feel right. you I feel you All right I so would have that fear too I'm going to watch But the... you know what when... Go ahead 
what I was going to say is a lot of people are like, what should I watch on Sundays now that Lovecraft Country ended? And I'm going to say, watch Fargo. Really? Are you watching Fargo? No, I know Chris Rock's on there this season. And he's freaking amazing. He plays a crime boss, a black crime boss in the 50s. <laughs> and he's he, he's like, you know, like he's a, what's the name of the godfather? Carleone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's like Marlon Brando. <laughs> he's, he's keeping it very real. You know, no, but he's Chris Rock. <laughs> Dude, I saw previews of it, and uh, I think Fargo's a great show. I, I got to be honest. I've only seen a couple episodes of the uh, the first season, and I didn't stop watching because it was good. I stopped watching because of my work schedule. But Chris Rock's appearance on this show, a lot of people were gassed about it, and there are a lot of people who have already said the same thing you're saying. They're like, he's absolutely amazing, and almost steps into that thespian comedian type of situation. He has crossed over into a thespian. This is like the first time I've seen him being a true actor. Yeah. And they do everything. Like, he's a mob boss, but he's got issues with his kids, his wife, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's trying he's trying to maintain the family. It's really good. You know who we never have to worry about becoming a thespian one day? Like, he's just like, I need to do serious films. Dave Chappelle. I don't think anyone would believe him if he said he was going to do a serious feel good movie. <laughs> I, I don't. I wouldn't accept it, man. I would not accept it. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I tried to watch recently was uh Hellstorm 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 yeah. Uh I don't know if I'm going to make it through it. I'm I'm going to tell you why. I I sat through the first 20 minutes of it and I'm Yeah, you were saying that you like and I, and I just you know the first uh do you mind if I give you a spoiler on the first episode? Oh, please. So the first episode basically starts with him showing up to a house where a child is allegedly possessed. And, uh, you know, the dad comes out and he's just like, we don't know what to do. Talking to a female Catholic priest. <laughs> and like, you know, they're talking about like this kid's just basically, you know, it's like the it's the omen. The omen missed with a poltergeist type of situation. Hellstrom goes in there, throws some holy water on the supposedly demon suppressed child. And, uh, you know, it starts speaking in Latin. He di- he distinct- you know, he discerns that the kid is not, in fact, possessed. He's like, you need to go downstairs and apologize to your parents for being an asshole for what you put them through. And he uses his powers in like a blatant display of what real power looks like. And I sat back for a second. I was like, no, not ready for this type of nonsense in my life. Yes. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds a little too silly. For- <laughs> like, I don't know where it's going to go from here. I know what his character is in Marvel, and he's never going to be more than what he was in the comics. Like, you know, he was a way for them to reintroduce the Ghost Riders, and then when they needed three Ghost Riders, he's like, oh, look, my pitchfork controls all three of them. <laughs> like, I'm not going for it. But I do have to watch at some point because a lot of people believe this is how they're going to reintroduce Marvel's Ghost Rider. And also, they think this is maybe the gateway in which did a. Moon Knight and a few other properties come through, so I got to follow it just to see what happens. No, yo, yo, this is an abandoned Feige project. <laughs> so what it is, yo, it was um, Jeff Loeb who created yeah. the Shield. Um, it was his project, and Feige eventually, like all the projects um, Loeb was working on, like they have beef. So Feige was like, "I'm taking all your projects," and he was like going through them all. And he left him Hellstrom because he didn't care about it. <laughs> he was like, you can you can make this pile of dog crap. I don't care. <laughs> Dude, 
You know what's funny about the whole Jeff Loeb, Kevin Feige thing, man? That there are innocent victims involved in this whole thing. The chick that played uh, Lady Sith in a <laughs> uh, Thor, does she deserve to get blacklisted for being on one episode? Of that's, uh, <laughs> that's what happened, though. I believe that. I believe that, that Kevin Feige was like, oh, 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 you want to go on a show? <laughs> she didn't know. She probably didn't know it wasn't. It was bad. You know, it was all. No, her agent's like, yeah, we got to ride this train while we can. But, all right, forget all that stuff. In regards to entertainment, right? Something I'm looking forward to, I got to say the name just because it's something I'm looking forward to. So, you know, we're getting a new adaptation of the Candyman movie, right? We don't need to say the name. Oh, yes. We don't need to say the name multiple times. Still something that impacts me very negatively, but I enjoy it. I see you're very affected. Yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to this, but we don't know if we're going to get in the theaters. Because, remember, Universal... And AMC and, by proxy, Regal and the other theaters have had a huge falling out over the whole Trolls 2, of all things, <laughs> uh, world tour. And I quote, AMC said they will never host another Universal movie again. Now, they got some huge properties like Jurassic World that will be coming out in sometime in the future. But this movie has been effectively silenced. There is nothing out there about this movie. The last peep that came out was masterful and genius. It was at the uh, the height of after the death of George Floyd, and the uh, the the uh, actual director released a puppetry kind of like shadow puppet. I, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, That's and cool. it was actually it was actually really cool, terrifying as well. But that was the last thing that we saw about it. This is something that I, I want to keep alive in the zeitgeist because I think it's actually going to be really cool. I think it's because they don't know when they can release movies again. Yeah. Because you know how they keep like delaying when all the theaters can be open. And basically, the you know the top three markets for movies are New York, L.A., and San Francisco, and none of them are open. Yeah. Currently, like supposedly Friday we're opening in New York, but we'll see. They still will say still take some time before. Before people Just. start trusting it. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, I here's my thing, right? There's a better way to do this whole thing. We can get back to the entertainment thing, but VOD is the way to go, right? So if I'm the PR person beefing with Lowell's, I'm like, hey, so these people are trying to endanger you. I'm trying to bring you entertainment in your house where you're safe, where you can be socially distanced, which children that have lived to their 30, they're trying to make you come to the movies. Of course I release trolls so you can be safe at home watching it. That's what we're here for. We're a company that cares. <laughs> so, so here, here's the problem. All you know, I, I don't know what's going on with the like the movie industry, but they seem to be all a bunch of flinchers. Yeah, they flinch. Yeah, and so like I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, uh, Disney's like we're gonna put Mulan on our channel, on, on our our streaming for thirty dollars. And then once it didn't do well, once it didn't do great, they're like we're not gonna put anything else. Yo, what they need to do is adjust and keep putting them out. Yeah. Just lower the price. You had a movie that was scandalous and overpriced. People are not going to pay for it. Yeah. But a $20 movie, like if you were to put Black Widow out for like $25, you would make a billion dollars on your site and you yeah. wouldn't have to pay you wouldn't have to pay theaters. And all you have to do is like if someone was like we're going to put everything on VOD, it's true the first couple wouldn't do good. But eventually they do good again when people got adjusted to that being the new normal. Yeah. No, that's that's masterful. But what you're using is an advanced level of common sense that they the flinchers don't understand. First of all, let's talk about Mulan, the property, right? 
I remember we we are both around when that was originally released on in the animated form, and I'm not right. saying I'm not saying it didn't do good. I'm not saying it didn't do well. I just remember that it wasn't received as well as they thought. So that's why I was really surprised when they decided to do a live action of this. Yeah, it had its uh, it had its detractors back in the day. There were a few issues that I I didn't know that. Yeah, there were a few issues that I won't bring up on this uh family friendly channel right now. But there were a few issues that people had with it, and uh, but it did well. It did well, right? It it wasn't like I saw it in Israel. What? <laughs> <laughs> no i saw it in america but i was visiting israel at the time oh, okay during that same summer and i remember there are two things i saw i think it was the same thing i think it was phantom menace and i think it was mulan I saw them both in you saw phantom again menace? in israel oh again in israel no i saw everything in america first but then and then when <laughs> Those was two horrible movies I have to see anywhere in any. Other I was country. visiting a girlfriend. I'm not Israeli for the for the viewers. I remember when you went there. I know a girlfriend you went to go see. Uh, but here's the thing, right? So you you're right. They but were, yeah, that's just I always remember that that and Phantom Menace were the movies I saw in is. I I will always, I had to read like subtitles. I remember going to see Phantom Menace with you guys, and I afterwards I was like, if I could spend the rest of my life making them pay for making me pay for this movie, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Because you guys are completely... For Phantom Menace? Yeah, you guys are completely talked me into going that's, to see that. That's its own podcast, bro. That's its own podcast. <laughs> but at any rate, so they released Mulan on Disney+. Plus. I don't think anyone really cared about this, man. Like, $30 was too steep for that movie anyway. I watched it. Did you like it? So, here's... I think it... I gave it like an 80. <laughs> so, it, it, it's missing an important scene. What's that? To make her not... um. So they don't have a training scene where she learns kung fu. She just kind of learns knows, knows kung, kung fu. fu. <laughs> yeah, because she's a woman or like a feminist or something like that. And it's true. And people are like saying they're like, well, the witch does tell her she is powerful. Still, in in you know in China and in, in Asian martial arts, you still don't know martial arts just because you have great chi. No. You still need to train. And, and, and so yo basically she goes to the military and she sneaks off and she goes to the river and she's doing bagua yeah by the water and i was like who taught her that wait her you dad was show her her dad was a soldier maybe he taught her some stuff on the side no because they have a scene just directly opposed to that where she's trying to be a fighter in the, when she's young and he's like you cannot do that you must be a woman she goes yes father and so <laughs> Uh, so I think I think I honestly think it would be way better. I'd give it a way higher score if they had that. But no, like so. Let's look at a movie like Black Widow, right? I think Black Widow had the potential to make billion dollar easy. You know why? Because it was following the same formula as Far From Home. People want to know, even though it's a prequel, we almost certainly know that some way, shape, or form, they're going to show us what Phase Four. I mean, I'm sorry. Phase four, yes. Phase four looks like in some way, shape, or form in this movie. So you know, after everything concludes with Taskmaster, you probably get a shot of her sister taking over the mantle. Then we get more information about Secret Invasion. You know, you're looking forward to that stuff. And plus, you finally get to see Black Widow in a standalone film, which, by the way, trailer kills it. You're right. That makes a billion dollars easy on Disney Plus. But those idiots released Mulan first as the test goldfish. And this is like, and they're lucky that DC screwing up right now. Right, I was just telling on on another show. I was discussing how 
HBO Max only needs one good hit. One good hit to put it in contention with Disney Plus. (laughs) So what it is, is like the people in the business, they learn the wrong lessons. Yeah. Right? So like, for instance, Rogue One did amazing. Yeah. And then Solo did horribly. And then after that, they go, we're not going to do any side stories for movies of Star Wars. And I was like, what? You have one bad movie that people told you not to make. <laughs> you fired the directors in the middle. Obviously, that's not a well, that's not in, in terms of if you were doing the scientific method, it's not the way you find a pattern. Right. You know, so like they have Mulan. Mulan, people were boycotting it because it was filmed in a place where they have concentration. Yeah. They were filmed like down the road from concentration. So people were like Disney people went there and were ignoring that. That's disgusting. They were boycotting it, and it was overpriced. That's not saying that doesn't that model doesn't work. That's just saying you chose the wrong movie to put out first. You're right. No one can argue that Black Widow. There, I, there's no argument that Black Widow is racist or bad or should be boycotted or whatever. Plus, it's something people really want. They should really do that. So here's the here's the problem. I don't want to deify this guy any more than I have. In fact, fuck you, Kevin Feige, just to keep your ego where it needs to be. But this is the problem. You got too many cooks in the kitchen over there that don't know. They don't have their finger on the pulse. I'm t- I'm just telling you straight up, man. No one gave a fuck about Mulan. No one asked for it. No one cared about this remake. The Lion King is one thing. This is a very obscure property. And it's a very obscure story about a very interesting time in history with a lot of folklore around it. Not the movie to lead with, right? And it's not because it's based in China. It's not because it's Asian actors. It's just like I think that if you're the type of person who didn't enjoy Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and I'm being very specific with the type of movie I'm picking here, you're not going to like this movie because I see a lot of parallels in the storytelling in that. But you pick something safe like Black Widow, man, and like even if it was New Mutants, I made a whole, I did a whole rant on Facebook about how New Mutants would have made way more money on Disney Plus than it ever could have at the theaters. And I know. Yeah that that was strictly because of the producers and, you know, the remnants of Fox saying we were promised a, a film release, but it would have made more money. People were willing to pay the 15, 20 bucks to see it at home. No one's going out to see the movie, even though a lot of people who people who went I out, went out to see the movie. Yeah, I went crazy. out to see that. And I went out to see Tenet twice. I went up to Connecticut. I got on the train. Yeah, I went down to New York. I went down to the city to see my sister, me, her and my nephew got on the train and went up Connecticut, because we we were we were tired of like being dicked over with movies. We're like we're watching, um, but yeah, apparently no one else bought into that, or not a lot of people bought into it. They should really just do PVOD and just go full 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 throttle, man. I mean, I know you yeah. want to keep the the film, I uh, the theater industry alive. I want to keep it alive too, man. But I do too. The, honestly, the government needs to be giving them money. Man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They need to be handing out money, especially the mom and pops theaters. Yeah. It's horrible. Actually, that's one of my biggest dreams. I'm going to open up a theater, and I'm only going to play contemporary silent films. (laughs) 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 Like, really deep stuff. I'm going to make sure that, like, college kids and film school, they can make... And that's all the time we have (laughs) for you folks. Remember... To keep tuning in to Fanboy Modeling School. And remember, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends. 
Have a happy <laughs> Halloween. Remember to brush three times a day. Look both ways before crossing. And aliens are not real, no matter what your crazy friend tells you. Don't listen to that man. He's a lunatic. I don't know how he got into the studio. But anyway, <laughs> you guys have a good night, Steve. Good night. It's been a pleasure. Ciao for now.